Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. In this episode, I'm joined by Cooper Van Grudel, a 22-year-old actor from Perth who travelled to LA to chase his dream. He's a young man but full of wisdom from all of his experiences so far, making it in the big time with One of Us's Lying TV show. The problem for many young people is that they are constantly being told that they need money for success, but does that really bring sustainable happiness? How do we find out who we are and accept ourselves in a world full of superficiality? How important is authenticity? What is love? How do I maintain friendships when I change as a person? We dig deep into these ideas and much, much more and learn about Cooper's acting experiences and the lessons he's learnt so far in his acting journey. I can't wait for you all to listen. If you do enjoy this episode, please rate the show five stars as it does help out a lot. Enjoy. I didn't really know how to tell people what was happening. You've got to start living life. It's not going to last forever. If you've got something nice to say, say it. It's such a negative world. Why don't we start changing the way we talk? No, I've never been scared of dying. Stop judgment for curiosity. If you love yourself and the important people in your life love you, then that's all you really need. Let's flow. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's enjoy. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Have me on, let me and, and, and maybe yeah. Let me tell a bit of my story, and um, I'm excited for the questions. And all right, yes, yeah. Who is Cooper Van Grudel to you? Oh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Who is Cooper Van Grudel to me? I think that uh, I think I've defined myself a lot by my career and like being an actor. And so I would say that like Cooper Van Grudel to me is is tied up in that a little bit, like. I think being an artist or an actor, I think I've defined myself a lot through that. But I've also found that it puts you into a it puts you in a, into a category where now I think it almost feels like it can only be surrounded by you know people that are like artists and and actors, and I I, I don't want it to be like that. Like I I like to keep the humanness of things. I mean, I, 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 
when I first went to LA, America, to like pursue acting, it was like a fantastic, amazing time. But the more I would sort of, I guess, ga- gain success in in the industry, I found that I slowly was like, oh, maybe Cooper Van Gruder was like just this actor now, like he's just just like a, an artist, an actor with the, all this success that came it um felt like i was growing but maybe in not that in not the healthiest direction it was kind of like a bit of an ego trip so cooper van grudel to me is just like i like to kind of see it as like a regular australian guy that likes the beach going for his coffees and and likes to get a little bit creative when it comes to like work and stuff like that but also do things like this where you can just sit down and have a conversation about life and um yeah I think I'm still figuring that out too like we all are like I think confusion comes from I think confusion comes from like like I don't know who I am but I need to know but I think there's a peace with not knowing like who you are like you don't like why do you need to know who you are why can't you just like be who you are so yeah yeah. spoke about that quite a bit yeah it's funny though remember how we had that um conversation about your career or your job, like defining who you are and it shouldn't, it shouldn't because the first question or one of the first questions you ask someone when you first meet them is, Oh, what do you do? And what we should have done in the first question is like, tell us who Cooper Van Grudel is without telling um, what you do or where you're from. Yeah. Because then you get down to the very core of who you are. Mm, Even when we spoke before and you said like, what do you do for work? Or what what am I doing with my time? It just doesn't feel like I am able to portray who I am as a person just yeah. by saying like the things that I do. Yeah, I mean, even even like, I mean, even being here too, it's kind of like, oh, we're doing this thing, right? Like, it's like we, you're, uh, I'm almost like getting to know you through the thing that we're doing, through like mm-hmm. this podcast that we're doing. And I know that there's there's so much more to Egan than than like Brooko mode mm. and the podcast. Mm, and you know, it's funny how like guys when. We yeah, when you like introduce yourself to like new friends and new guys, it's kind of like, oh, so what do you do? What do you do for a living? And it's a weird society pressure, I think, where it's like, you know, why does that? But why does that have to define us? What we do? Do you find? Do you find that like the more you, uh, the more you like start to? I mean, the more you like work, the more you like invest yourself into something like this. This podcast, do you find it? defining you in good and bad ways and like even you jack too because you're you're coming on and like you seem very passionate about this do you learn more things about yourself that maybe are good and and bad yeah i do i think the main thing with this podcast or what it's brought me is just the ability to think like think about your thoughts whereas before i'd never really do it and be conscious of it. So I think, yeah, that's the main thing, just thinking about your thoughts because I think a lot of people these days, they don't stop and think. Like they just, they just think everything's the way it is. Mm. Like you can change. It's very possible. Um, like that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to change, trying to be the person I want to be. Or they're um, thinking too much. Yeah. Or people think too much. Yeah. And I think like that's we need, cheap one. I think like, Clarity also, in your thinking. Yeah, I think you also need to like you need a bit of si- a silence in your life and like and and peace to then figure out like your next move. Because I've, I mean, sometimes I've been so caught up in my own, I guess, negative thoughts 
that uh, there is no then no answers come to you if I think if like you're always thinking mm. there's no I think a lot of moments of clarity come when like you have that silence or when you're not you're not thinking um, and I think that like moments of uh, and and to to piggyback piggyback on what you're saying as well is that like man change is so normal as well like I think that I've found that as well I. Sorry for speaking in like I as well, because I know you guys, you guys talk like, uh, I, I noticed that too, you guys, when you talk, it's like, oh, you know, you, you, you say like you, and I don't know, I've, when I'm speaking, I like to, I think, say like in first person, so, so yeah. for, yeah. forgive me, but. It's fine. I, See, this is just, it proves that everyone's different, like, you yeah. can talk however you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I think that like, yeah, I, I'd been so, um, I think so marinated to the idea of like, maybe not changing and being very afraid, mm. very afraid of change. Um, maybe stuck in my my uh, old ways of thinking. And I think mm. that even, I mean, when we were talking about before, uh, like with tall poppy syndrome and, and um, when you embark on a career such as acting and like in the entertainment industry, mm. uh, you know, there is that idea of, if you grow too tall, you get you get chopped down to size, and I even felt that with like, um, I mean, because you guys were asking about America, like in America, you, you don't really you don't really get that, um, or at least in LA. Like I remember when I first went to LA, and you know, you just like you meet random people, and you they ask what you do, and you're like, oh, I'm an actor. And they're like, what? They're like, no fucking way, man. They're like, that's so cool. Like, what do you do? They want to know about it. They're very um, individualistic and, and I think it's like uh, they're all about like chasing the dream over there. It's I, a, yeah, yeah. I was going to touch on. Is that because maybe in LA, you know, it's got it's got a reputation in LA um, that people are there like to chase their dreams sort of thing? Yeah. Whereas like Perth, it's like it's very laid back and casual – sort of place which is nothing wrong with it but I if you're striving to be different yeah. then you're standing out a lot from the crowd yes yeah and I also do think that's maybe even like part of that is like where we grew up as well like we, we you know growing up yeah. like you know North Beach by the beach it's yeah. like it's very chill it's like that 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 lifestyle is kind of like that but I think a lot of Australia is too yeah, yeah. it's kind of like um you know, but there's there's like there's something so special about that at the same time. Oh. Something so special about just living like a slow, peaceful lifestyle by the beach because um, <laughs> it brings a certain level of craziness in in LA. People would pay yeah. to have that lifestyle. Yeah, like, yeah. Just to be just another person and you know live that slow lifestyle. And I think you have to have that in your life too. Mm. Even if you are living like a crazy crazy lifestyle and like. And uh, and and chasing a dream, I think that uh, you still need those moments of quiet and 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 peace. But I think, uh, yeah, because LA is that that place where people go to chase a dream, and um, you know, there's a lot of people that don't um, that don't make it. So I'm very, I'm very fortunate and very grateful for the success that I've that I've had in the industry. Because I, I remember when I first went over to LA and I was there for about six months and uh, I did a few small projects and 
and then I ran out of money and I got I got broke. <laughs> and I was it was like really sad leaving you know because I think the first stint that I had over in LA I kind of found my stride you know mm. I was like I don't think I really like we were saying before I, I think I never really embraced that acting side of myself in Perth and whether it was like tall poppy syndrome or it was my own sort of deep uh, insecurity about um, about acting and, and until like I had found success then it was like oh, okay this, this is a proper thing but Without, b- before finding success, I think it was very felt a bit taboo, and I never really liked to talk about it because it was like a bit of quite a bit of fear around it. And um, but I remember, I yeah, I, I ran out of money, and I so uh, over the course of those five six months, I felt like I really found my stride. And so it was a bit it was a bit sad leaving, and uh, and then I came back to Perth, and I had just got glandular fever as well, so I was like sick as sick as a dog. And uh, these auditions, this audition came in for One of Us Is Lying. And I remember the auditions rolling around in LA a couple months prior to that. So same character as well. And uh, it kind of flew under the radar. I didn't really, I, I don't know why. I couldn't really remember why I didn't audition for it two months prior. But it came around again and apparently they couldn't find their guy for for Nate. And, um, and so my manager was like, oh, you should put the tape down for this. And it's crazy when I was, I was really sick at the time and I was like quite down on my luck, a little depressed cause I was like back home and, and it was like winter time and I just had this great time in LA and I nearly didn't do it. I nearly passed on the wow. audition. Yeah. I nearly like was like, Oh, I was like, nah, I'm sick. I'm like, ah, f- like fuck this. But then I was like something, something in me was <laughs> something with it within me was like, do it, just do yeah. it. You never, you never know. So I did the can't lose, can't lose, can't lose. Just why? Why not? You know, like you might as well put it down, and um, and so I I put it down and I did this self tape. You know, you set up the phone, you do the audition, and you film on your phone, you send it in. I had my younger sister at the time; she was like fifteen. <laughs> had her like reading the other yeah. lines. You hear like this little girl Australian <laughs> accent, and I'm trying to do this American accent, and and uh, and then two days later, my my manager called me. She was like, "They they, they love your tape." She was like, but the thing is, I told them that you're local hire, which means you're in LA or like domestically in America. And I was like in Perth. And she's like, I told them that you're local hire. So like, you need to get back here before <laughs> the, before they, they're bringing you in for a producer session, which was in like four or five days. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it takes like a day to get there. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. We're, uh, like, actually, luckily, well, luckily we're ahead. So it's like, you don't oh, actually lose no, most yeah. time. Oh so yeah, I forgot about that. It's, it's, it's perfect that way. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of travel time. So I went back to my parents and I was like, mom, dad, like I need some money. Can you, can you spot me? And, uh. And they were like, absolutely. And that was, that's been, you know, amongst it all, that's been one of the greatest achievements of my life is like paying my parents back. Fuck yeah. 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 Like them giving me quite a bit of money to chase that and then being able to give it back and, and then some. How good is it then? Like putting their faith in you. Like they, they wouldn't have been expecting the money back. They, it doesn't no. matter for them. They, they just doing it out of love, but for you then to pay them back and, you know, just respect going both ways for oh. love. It's absolutely, it's, yeah, it's all love. It's like, it's so fulfilling too. And it's just, I feel like it's such a, in a sense, like a small gesture, like of, of love. Like that's the undenying love of like your parents too. Mm. Like they're going to, they're going to invest in your career and your path and they believe in you and they're like, you know, they didn't have a second, a second glance about it. They said, yes, absolutely. Um, And yeah. Uh, and then paying it back was so yeah. 
so amazing. It's not like, about the money as it's well. It's not about the money. It's like it's like it's just the act. Yeah, you believed in me, and yeah. now I'm gonna like here's here's the almost like the reward of of yeah. you believing in me and yeah. me going out being, like going out there and achieving my my dreams and um but uh but uh, yeah I, I I went back and did the audition. It was like the most nervous I've ever been in my life, and uh, shitting myself too. It was like in a room, little room, sort of probably even smaller than this. Well. And there was like eight people in the room and there's one chair in the middle and they had a camera on me as well. And I did the audition. And then um, two days later, I found out that I booked it and I was like staying at my manager, manager's place at the time. And uh, and it was like this Australian actors commune. There was like 10 of us all in this two bedroom, <laughs> two bedroom apartment. It's crazy. So much shit went down. <laughs> and uh, And... She came and wake me up because I was like still really jet lagged, and she was like, "Oh, you need to just come down to the office and sign some papers." And I was like, "Ah," oh. I was like, "I'm knackered." She was like, "Nah, come on, you got to come do it." And I was like, "All right." So we're walking down out of the apartment, and as we're like coming out of the doors to walk outside the apartment, she starts like calling my mum, and she called my mum, and she was like, "Oh my god, like you booked it and everything." Mum's on the phone, and then all these other all the other guys that were staying with at the apartment came out and. They were celebrating, and I was like fucking out of it. I was still jet lagged. I hadn't hadn't sunk in the reality of it yet. Uh, but then over the course of like the next like couple of weeks, there was obviously like meeting all the other cast members, and it was a super exciting time. And I don't think it really sunk in until like I actually got there and started shooting the pilot. Um, but I, but I think that uh, I think with that sort of like responsibility as well is that. Um, you know, at at eighteen years old, there's a lot of, I guess, um, there's a lot of money been thrown around, and there's like a, you know, I signed like a six year contract for the show. So is that it, what it is? Yeah, yeah. So it's a, it's a six year contract, and basically for six seasons. And so if I, but so if I was to be like maybe after three seasons, like, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. They could be like, yeah, yeah, we we might sue you, kind of thing. Yeah, not that I would, not that I would pull out, but you know, if it sort of came to that, so you're locked in, yeah. So does it go like six years, and this is the amount of money, or do they like, so yeah, so how it works is is you get paid like a episode fee per episode, and then um, every new season it goes up roughly about five percent per episode fee. On top of that, oh, okay, and then yeah. by season th- by season three, it goes up a little more. So I think it's like you kind of have like a maybe even like a fifteen percent increase jump. And then I know that like even some of the guys on like Riverdale, oh. I think like by by uh, season seven, they broke contract. Um, so they signed a six year, six year deal, I think, and then they did a seven season. So they're like they're out of contract now. Yeah. So they can ask for a whole lot more money. Wow. So they're getting paid. So like, that seventh season was yeah. like the big dot. Yeah, right. big big money. But I, I think I think some of those guys like by the end of it they were kind of like they weren't really enjoying the show. It took oh, some weird routes. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. After a long time, yeah. I mean, like that's the industry. Like you want to be out of you want to be going off and doing things that are feel a little bit more true to you. Mm. You know, and yep. I think that's important. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but I think with. Uh, it was just like a lot of uh, responsibility at the same at the same time. So I think maybe I felt as though I almost had to be like older than I actually was. Mm. Eighteen at the time, there was like yeah, a lot of lot of money been thrown around and and like the six year deal and and uh, it felt like this big thing. I was doing it, which I was I was so excited and proud of, but it was also like 
man, I was I was so young too, and it warped my I think sense of identity a little bit to the point where I had to. Um, I don't know. I felt like oh, I had I had to be like twenty five now, and mm-hmm. and I've, maybe I felt like I didn't have. You know, maybe the youth, my sort of just being <laughs> maybe young, dumb and 18 yeah, yeah. For, for a little bit kind of got uh, warped. Um, but it's that's just, I think, that that comes with the, the territory. There's a certain level of, I think, maturity that you, then you've got to uh, gain and things that you, like, learn about yourself. Um, you kind of just got to step up. Like, you got you got to step up and... and but I, but I do have, yeah. I mean, but I love moments of just being like, I don't know, just kind of being young and dumb and being a bit of a bit of a bit of an idiot. But <laughs> yeah, but you, yeah. Did you feel the pressure then to have it all figured out? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, that's a great question too. Like, absolutely. And I think that you almost need like a mentor, to, like maybe someone that's been doing acting or some something like that for yeah. for a few years. It just like, mate. Well, I remember being your age and, you know, this happened, I was getting this amount of money, but at the end of the day, just strip it back and just do like the easy stuff well. Don't worry about the external sort yep. of noise. Yep, yeah. Um, I think uh, I agree totally. Like a mentor is so important. Um, and, you know, you hear about, you know, people saying like find a mentor and stuff and, and uh, but it's... Did you get one? Like, uh, no, no, but I, uh, I worked with this guy. I probably shouldn't say, I won't say, I probably shouldn't say his name, but he's a fucking, he's a G. But he, uh, I think he's someone that like, I probably like idolize because it seemed like he had his, had his shit together for sure. But also like, you you never know. Um, but he was taking roles that really felt true to him and that he can sort of imprint and put, put his mark on. And, um, and I went out and stayed with him and he, and I went out and stayed with him and he called me up and he was like, just come crash with me. They'll probably put you up in the hotel, but come like stay at my house. He had like Republican red state. So there's like American flags up everywhere <laughs> at the front of people's houses. Like every second house has it. It's, That's so funny. <laughs> it's crazy. And, uh, but he was such a, such a legend for like letting me stay there. And, and, uh, oh man, we just kind of just having, having chats about life. But I think he was someone that I aspire to be like because he felt very true to himself. Like he was someone that um, even when the the project came across the table, uh, he had a lot of thoughts about it. Like he really wanted to put his input into the, the film. And when they had the table read, everyone gets together on the project they have the table table read and they they read the script and then <clears throat> sort of after after the table read everyone goes home but like the main cast sort of stay so it was like the director one of the producers the writer and then like the main sort of three three cast members they reread it again as they were going through he was crossing out lines and he was like adding lines and he was giving his bit every like scene that he was in he'd stop and be like can I you know can we change this or add this I have thoughts about this and I I really like that because. He could have taken this film and just been like, yeah, it's a paycheck to me, you know. Like, I guess I'm doing this because I love it, I love it, but it's a paycheck. But the fact that he took it, but then also had his own thoughts about it to make it more true to him, mm. I think that was really cool. And I think, like, I guess for me, taking projects in future that feel true to me 
and that I um, that I really vibe with. Like I really like the character and I like the story. And it's like, you know, what story am I trying to tell here? And how important is this story to me? And is this going to send a good message? I guess to out to the world. Um, and that's why you became the bad boy. <laughs> that is it There must have been Something in me They must have said Something <laughs> Fucking darkness Or something I, I think that is true though Like sometimes That does happen You know Like there's a, there's actually A part of you That they they see In the character And I think that's true Like I think you actually Have to <laughs> yeah, You have to like Resonate with uh, Within you A part of Like you have to Relate to the character um, And you can't really judge the character either you have to empathize with the character um uh but exactly but exactly right like even you saying that like that's why you do the bad boy it's kind of like ultimately you don't want to get typecasted and Mm -hmm. and play that role over and over um and so you gotta you gotta be able to like branch out and and um sort of be able to say no to to your team if like roles do come and and say like i know this is a good opportunity but like this doesn't feel true to me and kind of have fun saying saying no sometimes as well um but i but i've done i've done some projects where i'm like ah damn like this probably isn't a story that i i i want to be i want to be telling or or and I don't want to sound like an ungrateful piece of shit because, like, working yeah, is fucking hell. yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> work, working is like so fucking hard to come by. Like, it's like the rejection is crazy, and some people like are out in LA for ten, fifteen years, nothing hits. Yeah, nothing hits. So I think that like, but you also, you know, it's it's powerful to say no, and it is, and want to stick to something that you can you know align yourself with because. Like I was saying you, to you, um, who's the active Spider-Man? Tom Holland. Tom Holland, yeah. Yeah, so he's coughing it in the media. Like, I think he's taking a break from acting because... Yeah, you were saying. What yeah, was, what, so he was getting on? death threat. I think he... I can't quite remember the role, but he... I think it was, it was like... It was a gay role. Yeah, it was a gay role. And he gets he got hammered for it. Fucking hammered. Death threats, everything. And so, obviously, it's... Yeah, took a toll on him. Jesus. Do you remember the pro- what the project was? Oh. I'd even seen the movie before. Like, I'd be able to find it after this. I'll be able to show you. But yeah, like, it just shocked me. I was like, "What the fuck?" The backlash that you get, like, and I think that you can focus on because, like, he's such a beloved actor as well. Mm. You know, and I remember, I remember him taking a break as well. I remember him sort of like signing on Instagram and being like, "Hey guys, I gotta, I gotta take a break from social media. Yeah. It's becoming too much." Because I don't know if you guys, you guys have found it with social media is that people, I mean, it might be a bit off topic from Tom Holland, but like on social media, everyone puts the best moments of their life. And I don't know, (laughs) you ever find that like you just, you scroll Instagram a lot and you're like, I'm living other people's life right now. And it's just the highlights. Yeah, and it's just the highlights. It's all the good moments. But I'm like living someone else's life and like why don't I go out and live my own life kind of thing. Like we can so... I don't know, we can compare ourselves to people on Instagram, but it's all their great, happiest moments. And yeah, it's and like not exter- real. Externally, they're like, yeah. oh my, this person's got everything. Like, I want to be him. He's got so much money. He's traveling. Look how happy he is. He's smiling. In these, but that smile can be so fucking fake. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, Dan Bozerian. I remember him saying that, like, you could, there's only a s- uh, certain amount of, like, money and success 
that will bring happiness. He was like, I get my most happiness from hanging out with friends and like surfing. And it's true. And I think social media kind of warps this, like makes you have like a warped sense of like who you are and like what you should be doing in life. Like I'll, I'll watch some Instagram, you know, videos and it's like these people like living it up on yachts and stuff and they got all this money and you think they have everything. It's like, fuck, I I should put my phone down and go and try and, Earn that sort of money and get on the, get on a yacht. I don't know. It's just like the comparison is crazy. Comparison is a thief of joy, truly. Like you shouldn't be comparing yourself to, to other people. But yeah, Egan's touched on it before, like comparing up versus comparing down. So yeah, uh, what? It, so when you started to make it, do you start comparing like to all you know your old fr- friends, like people you went to high school with, and be like, yeah, like if you compare to them, like you fucking made it. But yeah. if you're in like. <laughs> the acting world you can compare up and be like oh look you know like I'm, i still haven't made it or there's so much more i can achieve yeah so how does that play out for you it's a i think I, they, <clears throat> that could be a bit of a dangerous dangerous game though mm. because if you're constantly like comparing yourself to other people that are i guess above you or that are doing more um there's a certain level of uh i mean i don't think i've ever felt resentful or envy for uh, people uh, above me. I don't think I ever really had that, to be honest, but I do know that people um, people definitely do. I mean, I, even sometimes people that I would talk to, to out in LA, I'd tell them that, you know, I was 18 and then I'd only been out there for like eight months and I'm about to go shoot this show. And, you know, sometimes their reactions are like, they get a bit weirded out by it. Jealousy. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just, just jealousy. And But I understand it. Oh, yeah. I, I understand it because, like, some people are out there for so fucking long, so long, and they're auditioning, and the rejection is crazy. And I can't, and I couldn't even imagine that, like, this kid comes along from Australia that's fucking eighteen years old after eight months is now the, a lead on a on a TV show. Like, yeah, it's it's yeah, I, I I understand it, and then I think, um, and then compared to like people back in 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 Perth and high school, I don't think I ever saw it as like. I don't think I ever saw it as like, oh, I'm doing, oh, well, I guess part of it, yeah. Part of it was kind of like not, it wasn't that I'm better than people from like high school or back home in Perth. It was more like, it was more like, oh, I am, I've got to play this role now. I have to play this role of being an actor in LA because I've hit this, hit this, hit the big time, yeah, so yeah, to yeah. speak, hit the big time. There's all this money been thrown around, and there's something too, like making sure that like you are surrounding yourself with uh, people that are uh, like-minded individuals. But it doesn't have to be this. It doesn't have to be this thing of like. It doesn't have to be this thing of like. Oh, I'm famous now, and so I can only surround myself with like actors and and people that I, I guess, work with, and people that I work with are fucking amazing. They're great people. It was more of an ego trip with me about like, oh, I've got to cut people off now because I'm famous and I've, I'm doing this thing in LA. And it was pretty, it was pretty negative because I think we all change. I think we all change and people appreciate and respect growth. I think that's very important. I'm sure you guys have found that. Yep. Um, but for me, it was like, it came from a, a, a place of like fear and I think not really um, and, and sort of forgetting like who I was because were you, you could be scared that you're going to get pulled back down then if, if you had those associations 
with with those people still? Is that why it was easier to let go? I think that like I felt as though I mean because there was always such a big fear around around acting, and I think that like it, it was crazy because ever since I was ever since I started when I was eleven, I remember eleven uh, eleven. Wow! But I, even then, I remember feeling this like this like fear or shame around like oh well I can't really tell too many people um because it's going to get like hated on and um you know there's going to be shit I'm going to get given shit for this like not proper career and so I think that sort of fear probably tied into it as well like I didn't want I was I was afraid of people seeing I, I guess like who I actually was as a, as an actor and it was just like running from that. It was running from not uh, embracing and, and expressing who I truly was and feeling like, I guess, maybe people in Perth or back home weren't going to accept me for like who I was because now I'm doing this thing. Now I'm actually embracing my, the, the, the side of me that's an actor and, uh, and I was afraid of people seeing that. Mm. You know? so, they, so they would accept... You know the Cooper Van Grudel who's gone off and made it the successful one. Like, oh, we respect that, but they wouldn't accept the one that's still, you know, young. Crying. You know, still feels his emotions. Still a, you know, person trying to figure out life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was Ex- afraid that they weren't going to accept the Cooper who still doesn't understand everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, I think so. Um, but like, why should you have life figured out just because you've, you know, you've got this certain career when? No, like none of us know. Yeah, it's just people expect different things, maybe because of your career and your your status. When really you're just a fucking another human. I think I, I think we're we're all doing that as well. Yeah, I was having a man. chat with my brother the other day because I was just like, I think it was about a few weeks ago. I remember just like I'd come back from LA, and uh, and I remember one morning I was just sitting on my bed and. He walks past my room. He's like, you all good? And I was just kind of like in this moment of like, just feeling very stuck, feeling like kind of frozen. And you know that, that, that moment that like, <laughs> you're like trying to keep it together. And then someone's like, <laughs> someone's like, you okay? Like what's going on? And you just like fucking break down. That's the tipping point. Bro, the tipping point. And I just like, I just fucking, I just like broke down crying. And I was like, dude, like I just, I just, I'm feeling like a, a little bit stuck. And I think. I think the feeling was, I mean, even like, you know, like I, like even, <laughs> it's crazy because like even coming on something like this feels, uh, it feels so healing in a sense, I guess, being able to be open and being able to like sort of just embrace these sorts of conversations and, and talk through this. Yeah, it's an excuse to get vulnerable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, but why not, why not like show it to people as well yeah, that we can actually enough. like, like do this. Um it's a beautiful thing, but I but I think maybe the 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 sort of stuckness or frozen was actually kind of like yeah this fear around um, being like two different people and there's this quote I don't know if you guys heard it and I, I, I'll probably butcher it and it was like it was like uh, a man a man thinks he has two lives and the moment he starts living the second he realizes he only has one. And I think that like <laughs> yeah, you butchered that. Yeah, what is it? It's the yeah. So the man um, has two lives, and the moment he realizes he only has one, 
Oh no, fuck! I'm just yeah, putting it down. <laughs> I thought I got it. Oh no! I nah, wait, hold on. <laughs> third time's the charm. Surely, pressure's on now. Pressure's on. Man has two lives, um, and the second one begins when he realizes he only has one. That's it. Is that? That's it. That's it. Fuck. Jack's normally the quote guy I think it's because In my head I had it But you know Yeah it sounds different sometimes yeah. When it comes out You're yeah. like Oh it sounded way smarter In my head <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Fuck that's uh, funny <laughs> but, but I think that's like That idea Like really resonates And I think that like so, uh, Yeah I think that like I felt as though they wouldn't accept me for not this famous person, but maybe just like, maybe just, I think subconsciously I had this fear that it was never, never accepted like this, this world. So like even seeing, uh, this world of acting or like a film set or like an acting class, like if people were to come into this world from back home, um, it would be, like I would feel ridiculed or there's like this subconscious like fear because you walk around with this fear for so many, so many years, it's hard to reverse because I was so, I guess, uh, afraid or ashamed of like, uh, myself. And maybe it wasn't even acting. Maybe it was just this, this fear or the shame that I had about myself. And when you start to reflect on it, you're like, okay, now I've got to start loving myself a little bit more and bring some like, kindness back in and whether it stems from like childhood or or or, or whatever or, or parents or you know I don't even know because I remember having this like weird guilt around it from the age of 11 so young and uh and I think that like it was almost like I was living these two lives um and I felt almost guilty in both it was kind of like when I was in LA being this actor I was like, God, oh, I don't want to forget about the people back home. What what are they going to think about me doing this thing and this career? And, oh, shit, like, do I have to cut them off now? And and it was all just quite defeatist. And then when I was back in Perth, even hanging out with the boys, it's so fun. It's so great. Mm-hmm. Like, I really do feel at home in Perth. But there's also this, like, there was also this, like, subconscious feeling of, like, oh, my God, like, if I had, if I brought my maybe castmates from this show or a film around my boys back home, like, would they get along? I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not too sure. Hey, we're pretty good blokes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, look, there's, um, there's some funky people out in LA as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, of course. Like, look, you guys, I'm, I'm still like, I'm still like one of the boys as well, right? Like, I always know that. And I've always loved, always had so much love for the boys back home. And and growing up playing fucking footy, high school together, all that like fun shit, um, you know, just creating memories. I was speaking to one of one of my mates the other day, and he was like, he was like, some of the most fun times were like when we were like twelve, playing like FIFA after school oh, man. on a Friday afternoon, and Nothing like mattered. just yeah, the FIFA game. Yeah, <laughs> I think that we talk, spoke about it earlier. I think it's just the when you're young. You're really in the moment. Very much so. And I think that's what we we miss the most. When we talk about, oh, we had so much fun in our childhood, I think because we, we don't have all this external world and this pressure we feel, we're so present. I think that's the one thing I'm trying to chase is the ability to just be as present as I can and really enjoy the journey. 
everything strips back. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like because we get so caught up in in living for the future and living in in the past and that can be a that can be a, det- a, a, a detriment. I think I think like yeah, living in the past, you're never gonna be able to improve or move forward. Um, but I think that like, I mean, conversations like this can almost like heal heal the past and like even just like talking about it. It's very very important to me and and. Again, I fucking appreciate you guys for having me on. Just like this is just like such a cool space to just talk. feel, yeah, just talk. Feel very comfortable and 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 vulnerable. I I do. This is this is love right here, truly. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that like yeah, that being in the in the in the moment is is so important because it's, I've been so in the past, like yeah, caught up in my past a lot and not being able to let like let go i mean i've 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 yeah i've definitely felt um like i had a mate come out to new zealand and i and i won't name drop but like i i i you know was very nervous about him coming out he's my fucking boy you know i love him um but the purpose of this story i guess is like we never really spoke vulnerably and openly and honestly about what we were going through. And I'm, and I'm sure that like he was going, going through some stuff or something, but the point is, is that like, I never explained, I guess what I'm talking about now to him. And when you can't have uh, honest, vulnerable conversations, um, it, it, it definitely causes rifts. Mm. And I think that like to that being present is also important for having, vulnerable important uh, important conversations because i think living in the past or the f- or the future is like also very fear based too and i think when you're when you live in the moment there's like that fear kind of goes out the window and when you're present like now 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 like living in this moment there's no there's no real fear because like i don't think you're caught up in your thoughts and like a lot of that thinking can be like fear based um and I think you do kind of have two options. Like you have either love or fear. So you can run away from problems or you can embrace them like with love. And I think maybe we, I don't know if you guys have found this. I'm curious that like even the fear of it, like not going well or ruining a friendship or, or maybe for example, the fear of like the podcast failing and not going well. Does that, do you guys think, do you guys think, like have those thoughts about like, Oh, if you're if you're vulnerable, it's going to ruin shit. Well, the new motto just it, it it's yeah. drummed through my fucking head yeah. right now. But honestly, right now, I, I just can't I can't lose. Like you, you genuinely cannot lose. Yeah. Um, in any sort of experience and or task, because you fail, you learn. That's so, mm. ha- have you lost? You haven't. You haven't lost. Yeah, you failed, but you've learned something that's going to help you the next time you do it. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think the quote I use is, hard conversations make for easy growth. Easy conversations make, you know, for hard growth. Mm. So if mm. we, if I think there's so much power. How many problems do people have that could be not f- fully fixed, but heading in the right direction just by having a very difficult conversation? Mm. Mm. You think relationships, even with yourself. Yeah. How many things in life you just? It's so hard to have that conversation because it, it, it's, it 
so tied up in who you are and the belief you have about your self worth. Yeah, yeah. So it's confronting. Just, yeah, but that's the power yes. of vulnerability. Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's like looking in the mirror, right? Like, and I don't know. It's it's crazy how as you get older, too. It's it's it is all growth and like you mature and like. Maybe when we're younger, we don't even know what all these like feelings are, oh, yeah. and what we're what we're feeling is actually very valid and and important. And I think having those conversations around, uh, yeah, I think like the more you talk about it, the more you realize you're you're able to like understand what it actually might be. And I think that like the difficult conversations are are scary and 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 yeah, it's hard. But there's so much like growth that comes from it because like why have this defeatist mentality of of cutting people out of your life just because there's a preconceived idea of like what they may think or how they might feel about you or how you feel about them. And it's like why – it's just running in fear, I think. I think truly it's like you have two options. You have, you have love or fear. And I think – I think I was so yeah ashamed about the the acting side of myself and like copying a lot of shit for it as well like in in high school mm-hmm. because no one understood it no one understood it you know it's and such an immature thing like I, I remember yeah. pro- probably giving you shit like oh coops missing training or footy to to act or like to train you know like when you do training for acting yeah yeah and oh, like I look back now I'm just like I am a fucking idiot but <laughs> Mate, I, having a brother does it like helps. yeah 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 and I think that like yeah like that shit I remember yeah just being I think the more I think the more that I cop shit for acting because it was like I, I never really spoke about how hurtful it was mm. when I would get these remarks and comments about acting and, you know, like, it, it hurts your soul a little bit. But I guess, I think my dad was someone that was, like, you know, lear- like, learn to, like, ward off a duck's back kind of thing. And uh, you, you can, uh, and I did learn that, but it's also, like, those those hits are, like, oh, you know, I'd love it if the boys were, like, all about it, you know, like, they're on board. But I also understand that, like, fuck, man, we were so young. We didn't know. No. I never showed it. No. I never showed it. I feel it. like, yeah, if you, obviously we're young, but if you showed that it was actually affecting you, like, your mates, that. They're your mates for a reason. They're not. They would 100%. stop. They'd hundred percent stop. Yeah, but yeah. We don't know how to project our feelings when we're that age. It's yeah. just empathy. It's, yeah, mm. yeah. It's really just empathy. But it also shows how uh, strong we would you are. Like a lot of people quit. A lot of people would have quit. Like, no, nah, I'm just gonna stop this because my friends are just giving too much shit. Like, but you, you stayed course and. And I think that, like, <laughs> and I think that's also, yourself. and like, that's thank you, mate. Come here. <laughs> I appreciate it. I also think that, like, and that's not to that's not to say that, like, you know, I love a bit of shit talking too. Like, yeah, that's yeah. you know, like yeah, that's in, that's in the culture. You know, fuck yeah. out. We love to rib our mates. Like, that's that's also I think where you you you, you get that strength from as well. Um, and I think that, like, although the shit was hurtful, and like I never showed you guys who I was. I also think that, like. It kind of does fuel you, fuel you a little bit as yep. well. It's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go prove myself, you know. Um, I, I, I just think the the ego fuck was probably, the ego trip was probably like, not not showing you guys that world as an actor, and uh, and 
when when those two worlds sort of like came together, I think there probably was like yeah, the that sort of subconscious shame around acting, and also like oh fuck, what are the, what what's everyone going to think about this? Like all I remember, or at least subconsciously remember, like it getting hated on, you know, and so there was so I think you know it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks when I was yeah going out to shoot the show in, in, in New Zealand. And it was crazy. Cause I was like, so I felt so ready to go, so ready to go. And then, and then, yeah, it kind of all just like at a certain point exploded and, and I was feeling all these emotions and I think I had to go back to the drawing board a little bit and, and, and assess like what was going on. Um, and you come to these conclusions and it's probably taken longer than it should have. Uh, but it's also, um, yeah, it's it's just very um I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. It was yeah, it was it was a, a weird thing. I I didn't understand it at the time. And I think that like the people that are closest to you that you love the most and that love you the most can get hurt the most as well. Like the people closest to you. Yeah. You have a bomb strapped to you and explodes the people closest to you are going to get hurt the most. So I think that's probably like what happened as, as as well is that like the people closest to me that I knew the most that I loved the most um felt my pain um and uh that wasn't fair um but I also think that I was probably just running from my own pain and not and like blaming blaming people as well definitely like victimizing myself mm. I think you can, for a little bit, for a small amount of time, you can you can have your moments where you're like, fuck you, fuck you. But then you're like, all right, I have to actually take responsibility for how I'm feeling and what's happened. And yeah, take accountability. Be able to like have certain conversations and pick yourself back up and, and, and keep going. But I think that's a big part of like the definition of being a man, like taking responsibility, yeah. whether good or bad. Mm. Um, but I do have a question for you. Do you think people like... Jumped on the bandwagon of Cougar Van Grudel once she'd made it. So, uh, w- yeah. W- w- um, yeah, there's two ways. It, so I feel like it's it's either you make it and then and then they tear you down, or it's like people root for you on the way up. Yeah, but then once you you make it, they tear you down because they they remind you of the fact that. That they are giving up on their dreams, and they're like, yeah. "Fuck, he's he's living his dream. Yes. I'm giving up on my dream. It's yeah. easier to bring you down now instead of being like, "Fuck, I'm aspiring to be like you." Yeah, it's it's fucking great question too. I think that like maybe part of it was like ju- people jumping on the on the bandwagon, but it was also like I also excuse me, boys. I also never really revealed that. Like I said, I never really revealed the, that side of me as well, the acting side of me. So it was kind of like, all of a sudden, I'm 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 successful and I'm I guess hit, like hitting it big, but it was like kind of like the first time everyone was like seeing it too. I'd never really showed it. So I think, but I think it's only normal maybe for people to jump on the the bandwagon a little bit and. And be like, oh, oh, this is well. What's he doing? Oh shit! Like this is, this is cool. Let let me try get a slice of the pie. It's always the um, oh, I have the best photo on my phone. I'll find it later. But it pretty much um, 
so once you make it into something, it's always like, oh, oh yeah, I went to school with Cooper. Like, but he might have never said a word with you. Like, they find a way to um, involve themselves. Yeah, mm. Mm. and it's like, if I never did this career, I never, if I never made it to the big time, they probably wouldn't be saying it. Yeah, yeah, and that's I th- what I meant with the bandwagon. Yeah, like. yeah, I think I think so. Then you know, I think some people do. Um, you and I, I've experienced quite a quite a bit of that too. Um, you know, not even in in Perth and like also like in LA and and in New Zealand and I think that like I also just think that's sort of part of part of the industry and part of the the game is that like people are probably going to do that going to jump on the bandwagon and and like once you start making a name for yourself people will want to attach themselves yeah. to that um so you, it's it's a fine line you got you got to be careful as well you know and uh you know you just got to be out of i guess i guess um know the genuine people that don't uh, just want it for don't want to be around you just for you know the success because yeah. that's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's kind of fucking bullshit. Like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like that because uh, I think that that is very, very empty and vapid. Um, yeah, and it's not, it's not genuine either. Like, um, and I've, I've probably had my moments of that, and with with some people, it's kind of like you're like, are you really here for? For me, for for Cooper, or is it like you know? Because I got a fucking blue check and followers, you know. Yeah. But that's like, why why do we define ourselves? But with that, like, what? Just because I'm followers doesn't equal friends. Yeah, exactly. Right, and it's kind of like it can get it can get lonely like that too, right? I mean, you, you hear about different celebrities and and actors and eggs. I remember you posting something about actors and and. Um, the persona is incapable of receiving love, only praise. Yeah. Yeah, and can you expand on that too? I think uh, this happens a lot. I think we're trying so hard in this world to be someone who is accepted. We're not our authentic self. So I feel like if you're if you're putting on this persona, like this perception of like who you are, like you're not even being yourself basically. So that, that person you're putting out, that can never receive love because mm. that isn't you. It can only mm. receive praise. It can only... Mm be told oh you're doing well like if you aren't being yourself and you're trying to make it as this actor and you aren't being your true self you can never feel the love of other people you can only feel them saying like the ego side of it the mm. praise side of it yeah yeah and and, and it's crazy too because like sometimes that praise can feel weird it like sometimes it can feel a little bit undeserved yeah maybe like un- undeserved um and yeah yeah it's yeah it's interesting i think that like I was watching a, a, a podcast with uh, a podcast that came out with Israel Adesanya and the UFC fighter, and he was talking about how like I like to operate in the frequency of love, like that's where I'm trying to be at. But he was like, the one above that is like authenticity. Mm, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of like good. so true, so true. Well, it's like, do you like who you are, or you just like what others, other people think you are? Mm, I think we get attached to. The person that they think and you the, are. the comfort of that validation, mm. rather, there's so much like it's like well, it's like what we were saying with sorry to cut you off, yeah, here, exactly. but it was like what we were saying about like liked and respect. Mm. Like I'd rather be respected 
than liked. Like, so not everyone has to like you, but like, respect. Fuck it. Like, I respect what that guy's doing. You know, but it's it's so much for me. I think feel like there's a a bigger time gap between being respected versus being liked. It's really easy to take the comfortable, quick road because mm, mm, it's mm. like it's like the whole fitting in. Like, it might take you a long time to get respected. Like, it might. You know, people might not fully respect what I'm doing. It might take me a long time because it's like it doesn't have the external validation, right? Yeah. So people right. might not be like, oh, I respect what he's doing. Well, some people might, but it's easier for me to be liked and just go get hammered with the boys and have a night out and say how great yeah. we are. Yeah, yeah. But that it's so it's 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 quicker to it's quicker to be liked, harder to be respected, and I feel like the fact that we we're chasing that instant instant reward that's yeah. why we so much of us prefer the like. Have Have you found that? Have you found the more that you start to take like this this work seriously and the podcast are you finding that like some people are kind of like uh, if they ask you to go out on the weekend or go out drinking and like you say no do you find that like people get pissed at that Nah, no nah. i feel like my my true friends like are like just real good and yeah they they know who They're i not am partying a lot and i've and oh, i got th- really pissed off when they didn't come out drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the main thing is so it's knowing you mate you, you love it <laughs> it's it's i think the reason is though it's because i've been really authentic for quite a while now yeah so it's like i feel like it's a love it or leave it mentality mm. i have it's like i feel like i'm so i'm becoming so with who i am and I haven't created this identity that isn't me. Mm. Yes. So you've got evidence so, to back yeah, it. I've got yeah. like I think even, that's a massive thing. Even drinking, I've drunk twice in the past seven months. Mm. So it's like fucking alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> so people, so pe- it's just it's hard when you create an identity that is is because it like like you, you feel like if you put if you if you're being someone, it just creates this pressure to uphold that persona yeah yeah and it's kind of like you gotta i mean it's crazy because like film and tv yeah like acting is wild because like people people also just kind of see you for like the characters that you play too like i've gotten so many messages on on instagram um and i love the support like the support is amazing like without the fans and the people watching the show there would be yeah yeah exactly i'd be on my ass you know like it's a they they give us work you know and they they love the show like some people are just so passionate about these characters and they really follow along and it's a beautiful thing and uh you know even just like helping one person out maybe make them feel better or relate to the show and and they find something within them that they're like oh i relate to that character Mm. um like the struggle that maybe the characters that they see through see see them going through on the show, like they're, maybe they're going through that in in their life, you know, with their parents. Or um, so that's the beautiful thing about like storytelling, mm. um, and even like this, this is fucking like storytelling. Like people will relate, but I think that they also the hard bit about that is though people kind of can just see you as as the character, like as like Nate, I guess, the character that I was playing, and. You kind of like I love getting the messages, but you're also like, oh, they 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 see me as this character. They see me as Nate McCauley, not Cooper Van Grudel, and and so that can be like a bit strange, and uh, and um, you know, like you've definitely had moments of of definitely had moments of getting put up on a pedestal, I guess. Fame and success comes with this career 
and um and so it's like about remembering to come back to like i guess who i am trying to remember that trying not to get sucked into like playing this actor identity you know like because it doesn't learn when to stop acting what's that you gotta when, learn when to stop acting it comes to have it exactly yeah uh, yeah 100 percent. because i've done it for so long and and i'm good at it you know? <laughs> yeah. like i can you're too good at I, it I, <laughs> I can turn it on so um i i think that like uh you know you kind of just gotta yeah you gotta be your most authentic self and not really care about what other people think yeah i'd rather be respected than liked but it is this weird identity thing where you sort of put up on a pedestal and and when you put up on a pedestal then makes sometimes maybe makes day-to-day interactions like a little a little maybe warped um at least with like maybe people that i don't know yeah yeah. you know day-to-day it's like sometimes still i'm kind of like they'll ask what i do and i'm like I hesitate a little bit because then there's this thing of like, oh, oh, you're an actor. So like, what do you, what do you done kind of thing? And then, then it's based on like what you've done. And do you ever just want to make up of a random like, like, oh, I'm a barista. I, I, I have thought about that. I've thought about that. Cause look, I haven't worked in a while as well. So at this point I'm just a fucking nomad. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually unemployed. <laughs> unemployed. That is just very true. In between jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't just, that just, just show floating. so much though? Because you could be in between jobs and it's like, Oh, who are you interviewing today? Oh, an unemployed person. Yeah. You know, you have a fucking wicked story. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think that like, um, I think that we all have like, especially in today's society, even like I remember in high school, they pushed like ATAR so hard on you. And although, uh, cause you're, you're doing a degree at university. Yeah. Um, so I ain't shitting on university cause it's very good to go to learn, go to school and learn. But also I feel like in high school, they, they push such a an agenda. Mm. Um, they they push it so hard to like go to university, and that's how you succeed. But like I have learnt way more about life and myself through just doing the thing, like the pra- practical thing, like going over to LA and and auditioning and and like figuring it out as I go, kind of thing. Um, although I think school is very important. It's yeah. the education is super important. Um, I guess it's like school. You're studying for the thing and the school wants to see if you're good enough to do the thing. But life is the thing. Life is the thing, it's yeah, the, yeah. It's the whole Jack Love saying it. Like life is is the test you haven't studied for. Yeah, yeah. It gets you prepared, right? The university um, or any sort of education. Like it gets you prepared for the, the real world. But it's like... Until you go out and there, there and do it, you you don't know. Yeah. And I think imposter syndrome is like a big thing too. Have you found that with maybe even starting the podcast or or even like oh. with university, like the, the the pod for the imposter stuff? I feel like I've had it in earlier episodes, like into when I'm one on one interviewing and I'm really blanking, like really blanking, like because one on ones are a bit harder than three person chats. Yeah, um, for the for the host. Um, and I've you're doing re- fantastic. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> no, you are. You're doing great. It's and great, yeah. and you start to you start to panically, and I honestly start having those thoughts like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, and it's so. Like, I get you. I get you. All you can do is give. Like, that's why I'm like sticking to two two potties a week, and you know, growing here. It's like 
just giving myself evidence and you obviously yeah. improve as you go, mm-hmm. but you have to, there's, I don't, I always say to myself, outwork myself doubt. Yeah. You know, like what other, I don't see any other way. I can't, I've said this before. It's really hard to outthink yourself doubt. Yeah. You just have to put the action in. Really. It's so true. I heard, I heard this one guy talking and he was like, he, he said, competence leads to accomplishments, which leads to confidence. So I think like the more competent that you are, the more that you will, will accomplish and like the more confidence that that, that brings. Mm. But in saying that, like there's always there's always that little voice in your head though that's like, the fuck are you doing? Like go back to, I mean, because I, I, I get it. I, I, I've had that for sure. Like I've definitely had like so many moments, a lot like of thinking that I've I fooled people um, with certain like jobs that I've, booked certain roles that I've, I've booked probably and going in for the audition and um and leaving like feeling good about it but also wow like yeah this imposter syndrome or, or even feeling like a a fraud like like i like i'm like kind of like I've, I've fooled them like the casting directors and the directors and the producers and um like you said, you maybe you find it like hard to receive that love or hard to receive that like, oh shit, like, oh they do think my stuff's good or and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, I just always feel like maybe uh, not all the time, but I've definitely had moments where like, oh I'm fooling this person or um, this casting director and I'm like, damn they they want me for that role kind of thing. Um, do you think it's a massive thing with acting because you are? The like, whole point is you yeah. are it's the skill of being someone like a, a, a yeah. someone else that isn't you so it's can it can be really confusing a hundred percent and i also i also think like rejection plays a massive part in that too like be, getting rejected for from roles i think plays a bit of a a, a a number on your psyche because you're it's like this thing of like you do an audition or you might do like 30 auditions 50 auditions and you get nothing and then you get one, you put down one good audition and they really like it. And so it's kind of strange because like you're, you've done 50 where there's, you don't get any feedback at all. And then on the fifth, 51st one, they're like, oh shit, like this is really good. Like your work is amazing. Um, and so like after not getting any feedback for like 50 of them, you kind of like, okay, this receiving this is like, feels weird. This feels like. Really, like I haven't heard anything from from fifty auditions, and then on the fifty first one, like you're like, oh my god, this is so good. But what I've learned is that like most of the time, it's just like the casting directors or um, you know the people that are looking at the auditions. You're just not right for the character. It's not that you're a bad actor, correct? Yeah, it's not that you're like a bad actor or or you know you're not good looking enough. Um, it's kind of just like you're not right for the role. Like they'll find someone that is perfect for that role, and so. I think that quite a bit of luck's involved. I feel so much luck as well. Mm. So much luck, like time and place as well. Yeah, I know a lot of people that have have just, you know, really missed out on so many opportunities because they were in the wrong place or they didn't have their visa or yeah. Wasn't um, oh, mates in Chase. Yeah, wasn't he like to get that role? Was like a little bit of luck involved? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. He, uh, you mean out of banks? Yeah, out of banks. Yeah, yeah. There was, um, yeah. He's, he's he's told me told me the story. It's um, uh, I probably shouldn't speak too much on it because I know it's I know it's his story. Um, but 
when he booked it, it was kind of uh, like he just, he just didn't think he was going to get it. And he almost like, I think, turned down the script. I mean, he actually, he said this in, a, in an interview on Jimmy Fallon or something like that. Um, so it's public news. But yeah, he was saying that like he, he's got the script and he was like, this is like, you know, the recreation of the Goonies, which yeah. is like a classic. And he's like, I can't, he's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. And then he gave it, his agent was like, gave it a, give it a chance, have a read. And he read it and he was like, this is amazing. And so he put down the audition and, um, when he did the audition, I think it was like super last minute. It was a really spontaneous audition as well. Wasn't he broke and he like could just afford an Uber or yeah, something? Yeah, something like that? I know he was like sleeping in his car and stuff and like parking up. <sighs> just in, amazing. In, yeah, parking up in car parks and wasn't True really, grind. Yeah, yeah, true grind really. It's like a great story too. Um, and man, he's like, he's such a good guy. Like I couldn't imagine at his level what it would be like as well being in the limelight that much. I'm sure there would be like such a pressure that comes with that too. Um, and uh, I don't think he's changed that much as, as a person. It seems like he's still like a really good guy um, and who he is. And oh, I just like, I'm, I'm really happy for all his achievements and like what he's doing. And it's just kind of cool that we were, uh, we spent some time with him before Outer Banks dropped and before one of us is lying dropped as well. We were just all this, uh, us cast were kind of just all like in a, um, in our hotel room, just drinking wine, talking shit, listening to music, and it's just kind of like you see those photos, like oh, that's where that's before everything came out, kind of thing. Mm. And we were just like grinding. Um, so I think that uh, it's, but the rejection is part of that. But I also think, Eggs, you were saying about the question before. It was um, uh, can't remember now about the doubt. Yeah. Uh, and feeling like a the imposter. Oh yeah. Oh uh, yeah, because you're playing you're playing characters, um, so that's kind of where like that that doubt comes from. Um, I think we don't. I think we need to normalize self doubt more. Yeah. In anything, even in like relationships in life, because we have so many insecurities and traumas that we sort of almost we don't realize how big an impact they're having on us, and it's not. And it's half the time we think it's about the other person or the event, the situation in life. But a lot of the time it's just some deep-seated thing within ourselves that is causing that emotion. Yeah. Yeah, is self-doubt just sometimes just your gut feeling? Uh, Gut feeling, I, I think gut feelings can yeah, be like you, really like intuitive, you, like your can really work. But sometimes the gut feeling... <laughs> Said <laughs> that a couple times. <laughs> I think gut feelings, though. Um, I don't know. They're not. There's so many studies that show gut feelings can actually be very inaccurate and misleading. Oh, really? Interesting. And I, I think I, I saw would, the opposite. And yeah, I, I would always think like go with your gut. You know, because mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, I literally it was Bartlett. Who's I, I think he said go with what you get. Go with your gut because at least if you go with your gut and you fail. It's not a disappointment because you went with your gut, but mm. if you go against your gut and you fail, then you're like. Fuck. I think the gut feeling is that like voice that says like, "Do it, do it." Like you want to do this thing, so it's. I think that's like there's more the authenticity, mm. but I think with the gut thing you're talking about, some people have this voice that comes to their head, and a lot of the time it's from an, a place of insecurity. Mm. So we listen to that voice rather than still do the thing in spite of that feeling. Yeah, I think it's really hard to look. Do you think security in the face? Do you and, and you think that like 
from from your study as well, does that mean does that mean like even when you have that self doubt, like doing it anyways? That's or? that's the power. The biggest. If my if I could one piece of advice for anyone's self growth, it's taking action in spite of the feelings. Mm. You know, like do it anyway. Yeah, you can't lose. There's so many fucking voices you're going to feel and I think that's where we opt out because we that uncertainty my whole motto of the show is embrace the uncertainty Mm, mm. we don't do that enough because because it's so hard but I think if we can do things for longer be more patient sort of embrace the difficulty that's where we're going to come out on you know for the better like what do you think in your opinion where do you think this lack of embracing uncomfortable things or the uncertainty has come from because I feel like I feel like maybe like 50 years ago 40 years ago like you look at society and and, and there is that idea of like men were tougher back then right do you think that is true do you Uh, think that yeah 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 I think like do do you think that is that is true or maybe like men back then just weren't in touch with their emotions but I think uh there is, but I think there is this notion of guys maybe were tougher back then. Mm, so I've, I've spoken to my pop a fair bit about this, and I think for men especially, I think it was just simpler. I think there's a lot of uncertainty right. around what role a man should play. Yeah, yeah it's expanded. It's, and it's true. The whole toxic masculinity, the whole like how to be a man, like what, like this. So people don't know how to be a good man nowadays, and that's. And I think that uncertainty... It's the expectations. Yeah. yeah. That they just place on themselves. And society places on a man. Because back in the day, the role was simple. Like, men protect, provide. And then women, you know, yeah, look after the house. Look after the yeah. house. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, changed so much, though. So, like, now... Which is good. Like, that yeah. was... Yeah. You know, it would have been an awful being um, a woman back in the day. And, and you know what? There was probably men that didn't want to do that. There was probably men that wanted to stay at home. Yep. And, you know, like, be in touch with their feelings sort of thing. But... um. They probably couldn't express that. I think that, like, I, like, even... I just think that, like, the the whole notion about, I guess, not being in touch with your emotions is, like... Yeah, it can be very detrimental, though, to men in today's society. Like, I think that, like, there's also a line, too, right? Like, you don't always want to be emotional Mm -hmm. all the time because... Yeah, yeah, because you've got to have a certain level of stoicism um, because then you're not going to get anything done. But I also think that like there's there's nothing wrong with like there's nothing wrong with crying or there's nothing wrong with expressing like so it's like one of the most healing things ever. It feels good and it feels, it amazing. feels amazing. And like, what's this whole notion about like boys boys don't cry? Like, I think like yeah, in mainstream media and society, there is like that uh, yeah. that especially, idea. Especially when we were growing up, I yeah. feel like it was terrible. Yeah. Oh fuck, I could never cry and feel yeah. like oh man, I just kids would just bully you, tease yeah. you. Yeah. They call you a baby and shit for crying and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was a serial crier in primary school and, geez, you, I oh, copped it. Yeah. So, like, I have a massive experience with that and it sort of it builds this inner voice within you deep that's like... Don't cry. Don't cry. Mm. Like, you can't show emotion, um, which has probably led to me going down this path because I've found it really difficult for long periods of time to really accept how I'm feeling negatively. Mm. I've always push it to the side. But it's... I think it's so hard now as a man because everything's categorized. Like you do something really good for someone in a relationship or your partner, then it's, it's simping, you know, Mm. you know, Mm. it's it's like overextending yourself and it's, 
but then, then it's always got to be a label. Eh? But then, then you do saying the op- like that could be. It just everything gets labeled. Yeah, and it's really. I just think the uncertainty around how to be a good man is just what leads to confusion, and then. With that uncertainty, people often just take the easy route. Well, it's like, yeah. They say the easy route, full stop. Yeah, and I think that, like, it's you're right. It's kind of like there's so many labels and different ways that it can be perceived or we can have so many different, like, what is a good man? Like, what makes a good man? Like, that is, it's an interesting question. And I think that, like, it sucks that there's the whole, like, simping idea, right? Because then it's like, well... What should I be an asshole? Yeah, then, so you, you know, fuck, man. you know, like why can't I? Why can't I buy a girl like flowers, take them out on a nice date, and you know, give her compliments and all this thing? Um, so, it's it's has your has your pop ever talked about that? Like how? Um, I don't know. We might be going a little bit off topic here. No, no, no. I feel like no, I'm, I'm no, now. No, no. I'm. I love now, it. Now this, I'm putting this, the question. This podcast this shouldn't is... be called Brooke It should be called the Rabbit Hole. <laughs> <laughs> because when you guys talk about yeah, that sometimes, the, yeah, like, the rabbit fuck, hole. we could just keep going. <laughs> but I think that's the that's the that, that's what I never want to lose that because it's the beauty of conversation. Yeah, is yeah. the routes it takes because you don't. It's a whole butterfly effect. Like you don't get to the, those parts of the conversation if it didn't start somewhere. And I feel like. It diverts a lot, but, you know... It, it's good. Yeah. I love it. Okay, well, let's keep, keep going. It's great. Um, yeah, I was going to ask, like, does your... Because I feel like there was that, uh, like, like chivalry is kind of dead and, like, romanticism is kind of dead. And I think that's a beautiful be- beautiful thing. Like, and I'm sure, uh, like, in your pops era, you know, coming from growing up in, like, say, what, the 50s, 60s, 40s, 50s, 60s, yeah. 60s, there was, like, that idea of chivalry was massive, and like romanticism was like a huge thing, you know. You take your girl out to like the the, the pictures, the dry, the dry, you know, the, the, the outside, yeah, the, the the outside movies, and and you buy her flowers, and it's like it's yeah. There's a lot of like, what does he say about? Has he have you spoken to him about in terms of that in today's society, the change that he's seen? <sighs> sort of. I feel like the the biggest thing I noticed in the whole like back then versus now is the commitment piece. I feel like because. Mm. To me, I told Jack this. I feel like I define commitment as the elimination of alternatives, but because in the whole online dating space, there's on, even on social media, there's way too many options, and I feel like there's so. I'm a big believer in relationships are built, right, and investing into it. You know, the grass isn't greener on the other side, but mm. where you water it. So putting so much effort and love, and that's a big thing I take in my relationship. Like never get complacent. Like the beauty is in, in the love of, of, of loving. Mm. Every you know what single I mean? day. Yeah. It's, and I think it's like a doing word as well, right? Yeah. It's this, mm, yeah. I feel, it's like, it's a, I think it's never, it's an action every day. Fucking like love is, it comes and goes. I think, I think, I don't think you can, if you're in a relationship, I don't think you can love that person. Like that. Their, their feeling of the love is it's not always going to be there, you know. But you can show love. You can show love in like the the doing things and like giving compliments and like acts of service. I think. Yeah. And uh, I guess respecting each other's ideas and values and having like that open communication. Complacency is definitely what kills it, though. Yeah. Because people are like, I'm in this relationship, and it gets comfortable, and then you stop doing those things, and then that's, that's when it goes si- pear shaped. Yeah. Also, a massive thing is, I think. In now our society, people are so afraid to be themselves. So in relationships, people are early on are accepted 
by the other person, but it's not who they want to be. But you can only put on that persona in a relationship for so long. And then the true person comes out. That's why a lot of um, women, you know, date these guys end up being assholes. But it's because they can they only fool the lady for so long because then they get comfortable and then they show their true colours. Mm. So I think if you can learn to be yourself straight away, even in my relationship, like I love it. But the main thing is I was able to be so true to myself from day one and that hasn't been the case in previous relationships. So I think if you're going to be in a relationship with someone, how you, the setting the tone is the first, you know, the early period is everything to a relationship because it sets sort of the boundaries, the direction the relationship's going and it's and it's and I think the biggest thing I've learned from, you know, three genuine relationships is the art of communication mm-hmm. and it's a skill that I've learned and the positive effect learning to to communicate in a healthy manner has had is just massive. I don't know how – you can't sugarcoat it. It's the key ingredient to a healthy yeah. relationship is communication. In all areas of life too, I think, oh, not man. just relationships. Oh. Like one of, the, one of the hardest, I think, conversations I've found to have actually is that like probably with family. I find it, I find it a little mm. tricky to do it with family. Agreed. Having like a, 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 like I don't even know how I would, I, like I've done it, I've done it for sure, like hard conversations with family. But sometimes it's like I don't even know how to navigate it because I've like known this person for so long and like you grown. Every day. You yeah, almost yeah. Almost like you think they know, but if you don't say it, right. you, can't re- you can't read their minds. It's so true. I shouldn't, I don't want to talk about fa- like family, I probably shouldn't bring that in there. But yeah, I mean it's like. I mean, on the personal aspect, but it's kind of, uh, it's, it is, it's like a different thing having conversations with family, but you're right. I think, I think it just heals a lot of things, just having open, honest communication with your partners. Um, that's something that like, I think, I think I, I love that you, you know, were able to do that all the way through. That's something that I'm definitely like working on, working mm. to, to improve on is like, um, honest communication, um, in all, uh, honest communication in, in relationships as well, like romantic relationships. Yeah. It's probably where I, where I went wrong in some oh, relationships, like romantic ones is, is just like not being, I sucked at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's cause you, a lot of assumptions, you just, you just think that they know that you love them and, and I, I just always bring it back to the comfortability. Like it just gets comfortable, and you just think they're always going to be there. Like, and 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 times are always good. Mm. And if you bring that, if you confront them about a certain issue, then it might like something might happen. Something bad might happen from it. But it's that yeah, it's that fear of like it, it's it might end if I bring mm. this thing up, you know? Yeah. And then but it, what it ends gets up, worse? I think what happens in the long run is you don't have those communication with them and you don't say what you're doing this thing like i don't appreciate it like it's i don't want this in a relationship it in the long run it just leads to resentment yeah which is probably the in a relationship is probably the most you know most negative one of the most negative emotions you can feel because it's like if you're resenting someone you just you just don't you just creates this hatred towards them Mm -hmm. and a lot of the time it's for things they don't even know they're doing yeah 100 percent like how how are you supposed to know when someone like if you're pissing off your partner or a friend or family, and it's like if you don't communicate 
they don't communicate what like you're doing is frustrating them. It just comes out in these little like outbursts or or like or complete silence, like you know, like um, silent treatment or things like that. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've fucking I've I've done it. I've done it. Like yeah. not communicating properly in relationships and friendships, and it like it sucks, man. Like, and I'm not trying to not trying to like complain or anything. I'm just explaining that like i have felt what it's like to not communicate properly and it's like you not that you like tear yourself down but you're like this is this could be solved with just a conversation one One conversation you know when like you might be saying too much of them or you just you've been around them for too much so like clingy the word would be yeah and you know all it would take is oh you know i wouldn't mind having um a bit of space this week because you know we've been hanging out and Nothing like nothing wrong with this. It's just you know I just need a bit of me time. Yeah, um, that's all the conversation would like have to require. Yeah, but if you don't say that, it comes to those outbursts. Yeah, where and 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 then that person's like, why is this? Why is he mad at me? Like why? And you're just like like, and and I think it's just the whole assumption. You're both yeah. assuming yeah. how you're feeling and thinking. And I think that like I think sometimes the absence is good as well. Oh, like sometimes man, sometimes. Yeah, some, like, you know, the absence makes the heart grow fond. Fuck yeah. and, I, and I think that, like... Hey, guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Maintaining an electrolyte balance is crucial for peak performance. Throughout the day, we lose essential electrolytes like sodium, potassium, and magnesium, negatively impacting muscle function, hydration, and blood regulation. For over a year, I've been using Coda's electrolyte mix every morning and throughout my day to support my daily function and training needs. It's been an absolute game changer for me and I can truly feel the difference. Coda is a trusted brand with scientifically backed electrolytes. Coda now offers a delicious instant dissolvable electrolyte stick and other products like gels and greens to aid your journey. Use the code BROOKOMODE at the checkout for a 10% discount store-wide. Sometimes it's even like you said, you're spending too much time with a person and it's like, maybe you are communicating properly, but it's also just like you, you know, you can't always spend every single day with them. I love it. I love it. <laughs> How long do you guys usually go for or it doesn't, uh, it's, doesn't. It's just whenever the conversation. Uh, so okay, the one, because my longest ones have been with like you and Tommy, uh, Brooke and Tommy and, um. Man, we could keep going, but it, it gets like it's always at night time. Gets to like eleven PM sometimes, and you guys like, doing? Oh, I got to work tomorrow, yeah. so probably gonna call it here. But you don't even feel you probably don't even feel tired after them though. You probably feel like it, it's it's sometimes it can be like draining, but it's really rewarding. So but like yeah. it's at the time, it's really and en- like energizing the whole conversation. Yeah, but then after them, it can be quite emotionally tiring because it, yeah. it yeah. can be draining. Well, your brain, like. It's, it's a mental strength. Yeah, it's firing. It's firing. Yeah. You know, you're thinking of things to say, and you're getting stuff like off off your chest, and you're you're like, you're, yeah, I guess you're speaking your thoughts out. Like, it does. Yeah, I guess it can make you tired, but it's also like it's very revealing and very like healing. I'm like, even in this, it's just crazy to just talk about shit. Like, because I don't think I ever have ever really spoken this much about, I guess, my career. Or what was happening? I or guess like my on journey. a deeper level because it's yeah. always. I feel like a lot of people would ask you surface level, like, "Oh, how was the show? Or how's acting going?" Yeah. When I don't know I feel like we, when you dive a bit deeper, like, 
Well, I think also like, like you know, especially with like, I've done quite a bit of press as well for the work and the shows. Yeah. And it's, you know, you always want to be presenting yourself in a good way. Like always with, with press, it's like, you can't really talk about this bad day or like, tear you down as yeah, well. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you've always got to keep it up and it's it becomes very performative as well. So it's not honest. Well, it is, but it's not like, it's not just like let it flow and it can also be ugly and messy and sad, but it can be beautiful and you can learn from it. But it's like, I've done press junkets and stuff where it's like you're in Zoom all day for eight hours and it's just interview after interview and the interviews are about like seven, eight minutes long. And it's like you do an eight minute interview and then like the per- the person in the interim room is like all right um the next person is in from this magazine and like go and you get like 30 seconds break in between each one and then you have like a half an hour break in the middle but it is like go 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 so there's like a performative like aspect to it where it's like it's just work it's just kind of like you're answering the same questions yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah a lot, yep. of, lot of similar questions yeah 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 um same ones, and it's great. We all, like if I was ever doing um, press with a castmate, and someone <laughs> someone comes on, and they ask like a really good original question, we're like, "Thank you." We're yeah. like, "That is a great question." And then, then you're in it. Then yeah. you're in it. Then, you, then you're like, "Okay, this is a great interview." But um, I thought just rinse and repeat. Yeah, rinse and repeat kind of thing. It's like the, the same stuff, but uh, it, like talking about all this stuff on a on a deeper level. I guess I'd never really talked about it. A message a mate the other day, and he was like, "He was like, oh, you just like never really spoke about it." And I was like, "It's so true," and never really like was open about, I guess, that side of me, the acting side. And there's nothing wrong with being open about it and like talking about it. There was, all, I guess, there was always a fear around like kind of just owning what I do, owning my my shit, because I guess there is like, yeah, maybe the tall poppy syndrome. Um, around it where it's like, oh, you know. I still kind of do it. Sometimes they're like, oh, what have you done? And I'm like, oh, you know, just like this show, like just this Is two, it, two seasons. Are you, like the, you're you know. scared of almost being, like coming across as like arrogant, but in really it's proud. In, yeah, in yeah. reality, you just sort of, because you're allowed to be proud of yourself. Yeah. Like you're allowed to, and people are scared of that now because of the tall poppy syndrome and arrogance versus confidence sort of thing. Yeah, it is. It's like, yeah, being proud. I don't know if I would say proud. I'm proud of what I do, but I I think it's just being confident in in what I do. I think I'm. Yeah, I've, maybe there was a lack of confidence about what I do and the things that I've that I've done. Um, yeah, I think it. Yeah, oh, actually, you know what? Maybe it is arrogance. It's kind of like yeah, it, when when you're in that sort of when you're in the entertainment industry and well, well, that's what you're doing, um, and you're an actor. There is the idea that there's like arrogant actors and like like fame makes you arrogant, I guess, or like a, a dickhead. But I think that I think most of the time, like people are probably already assholes. Like mm. they just got in the limelight, they just got the fame. Um, although it can, yeah, yeah. I, I got a big thing on that where it's like people get. I think with money, when you get money, I think it really shows you who you are. Yeah, like when people have success as money, people are like, oh, he's such a dick now. He's got money, but it wasn't. The money just allowed us to see who he truly was. Yeah, yeah, gives you it almost gives you more opportunity, right? Like now that that's that's true. It's a good like 
governor of litmus test of someone's character. Mate. Yeah. What's lit, lit, litmus? Oh, litmus. Like, it's, <laughs> it's more like a sciencey thing where it's just sort of it, it's, it's a test. test they do to like see like what something is. I don't even know right. how to explain litmus right, test. Right. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's a great, do it great, uni, great word. They? Huh? They do it in unis. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I, I'd know I'd go to uni. <laughs> <laughs> Not. Would you go to uni? Oh, I went for a month and a half and then quit right before the day you uh, pay for it. Well, uh, good. You got out of there real <laughs> yeah, quick. Can, yeah. you, can you imagine if you left the day after yeah. you paid? Like, oh, fucking eight fuck. grand. <laughs> what about with the with the money side of it, though? Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we've t- spoken a lot about it and it, I think it's the, one of the most... Our whole world is governed by this, you know, money. Every Money is required to do things, you know, to set this place up. It, it requires money, but that... Feel like because money's so involved, it, we almost let it define us too much. Mm, mm-hmm. So I sort of interested in you know there was times where you didn't have money and you said, "Fuck, those are some of the best times." Versus when you did have money and you still felt really lonely. And I think a lot of us think money solves problems, but yeah, it it it's like that saying like money is the root of all evil. Um, not not like that's a actually that's very extreme to say. I think um, no, you are pretty evil. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'm <laughs> definitely a dickhead. Um, <laughs> It's, but that's extreme, but there's, there's definitely truth to that. Yeah. Definitely truth to that. I think, um, uh, I don't know. It can definitely give you a, a yeah, I guess a, a, um, an inflamed sense of ego. I, I, I don't know when all like the amount of money that was being thrown around, um, it makes you want to, I mean, at least when I was like getting all these all this money thrown around, I was kind of like, oh, I got to be older now. Like, I got to be more mature. Like, this is, this, I got to be like an adult now. And I was still like quite young. And I felt like there was a lot of responsibility, maybe, um, uh, a burden of responsibility or a maturity that, like, this is quite a bit. Like, I got to. And is that a nowhere sort of thing, like, from what you had to yeah. what you were. Yeah, like, in front of you? exponential growth. Yeah. Like, like massive jump up. Like the US is crazy how much they pay you. Um, it's a big industry. Massive industry. Yeah. So like it makes sense, but it's also like, oh, like this is, this is crazy. Like the numbers and, um, and, but I try and do good with it. I try and do good with the money and save it as much as I can. And, you know, I was going to like, when I came back to Perth, I was going to like buy a Mustang or something. And, and my brother <laughs> was like, funny. my brother was like, what are you doing, mate? He was like, you have those people that like bring you back down. Yeah. To Earth. He was like, that was the most one. impractical decision ever. Buying a Mustang. That thing will like guzzle fuel. Like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's not going to make me any happier. So I just got my, yeah. b- bought my roommate's van and I love it. It's just a van with a bed in the back. No, nah, van's the way, mate. The van van's is the way. way. Once, I want, you, go, I want once you go van, you don't go back. <laughs> that's it. Yours is a beast as well. Your yeah. thing is massive. Mate, yeah. that you, thing could... You could... Bathroom. Yep. Anything. Kitchen. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah a little toilet in there. <laughs> Two bunks. <laughs> I, try and do, I try and do good with the money, though. I gave my mum a little bit to, like, buy a house, and and um, she was, like, bought a house recently, and she just needed a bit of cash to sort of tip her over the edge, and I was like, absolutely, I'll... Oh, um, you know, I like, I try and I like to gift people because I also, yeah, I also realize that like, it's good to have money. It brings security and it brings freedom. But at a certain point, it's like, I don't know. I like to try and give, give back and like gift people things and, and makes not you feel a lot better than just buying those yeah, Mustangs. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like what, what the fuck is that? A Mustang, like <laughs> trying to impress people with a, with a Mustang, you know, like look at my car, like it's I remember listening to Green Lights, uh, the audio book by Matthew McConaughey, and 
when he was in high school, he had like this big red pickup truck. And at a certain point when he was like 17, he traded it in for a little red sports car. And everyone like stopped like kind of not being friends with him, but people stopped going in, in rides in his car. And like people were like, you've, you're not being you anymore. Mm. Like you've lost that. Like Matthew McConaughey, yeah, Matthew McConaughey is the dude with a big pickup truck, and we go forward driving out in the bush, and you can't do that in a little sports car now. Yeah. So then he just traded the back, and he got his pickup truck back, and 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 really? people were vibing with it again. Yeah. I don't think it's the thing of like, oh, you know, he doesn't have his pickup truck anymore. I think he just probably stopped being him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people like the authenticity. So, uh, but I don't know where I was going with that. But I think that oh, don't worry, that happens. Yeah, all yeah. The, time. the money rabbit hole. The, the ha- money and happiness. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, it doesn't. It brings security and freedom, but it doesn't bring doesn't bring happiness. I think it can maybe bring a fleeting moment of like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah, I was just about to ask you yeah. that. Like, is it the is it the one minute of of fuck yeah, and then it's For sort sure. of and then but like fuck you money that they talk about in modern wisdom is able. Yeah. You have this money, you're able to say like, fuck you to anyone who doubted you. Like you've got the say you've yeah. say you've got this problem though. It's, so you've got a problem and you, you can't sleep at night. That million dollars in the bank account ain't going to help you. No. But no. for a lot of people, it would. You yes. know, a lot of people's lives are the financial stress is is what's causing it. We spoke about mm. this earlier. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, they, that's for, what they think. That's Yeah. It is, you know, like, but then. Yeah, I think, I think it is. Give them money and then see what other problems they have. Yeah. Yeah, you can always find new, new problems. Like I've been yeah. sort of, but I, but I also think that like, yeah, a lot of, People's problems are like tied into like financial stress and burden, though. Oh, 100%. Like paying back a mortgage or paying back, you know, university loans. But maybe that's um, just the top of the list. Yeah. So yeah. they don't see the other problems. You mm. know, it's it's because that that's sort of like in some way in like the Western world, it's required to live like money. You need yeah. money to live. It's the elephant in the room, really. Yeah, I think that like, I think like you're always going to have. I mean, I think that's what's so good about like being present as well. I've been like sort of dabbling quite a bit in some spirituality stuff, and and like being in the present moment is very important because if you're completely present, you don't really have any problems. Like you might step out of this room and then be like, okay, I got that thing to deal with and that thing to deal with. But I think the as much as you can, staying in the present moment is like very important. All problems are time bound. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like past and future, like right? anxiety and worry. Like everything's either worrying about the past and what it means for the now or anxious about some future state. Yeah. Like right. if you're so, if you're totally present, right, and you're feeling that flow state. Like every time I f- I'm like in the moment, in the moment, like fuck I'm like I just don't feel that my brain isn't thinking about some time that isn't now. Yeah. And it's so it, it's you, concept. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the world is constructed in a way that makes us so fixated to these times because it is made in a world where we're like we need to achieve things to feel certain ways. Yeah. So we've got to have a plan. Always got to have a plan kind of thing. Like you don't, yeah. We've, I think we spoke about it before. We need to have more comfort in the unknown of who we are. Yeah. Like I feel like I sometimes get a bit obsessed with like that certainty. So like embracing the uncertainty. And if, you, if you're able to better embrace the uncertainty, you're able to better be present because I think a lot of us want that security and that certainty. So mm. that's why mm. we're so thinking about the past and thinking about the future because we're craving that certainty. But life is up and down, so if you can still be able to be comfortable with that, mm. you're going to be able to stick to the present more. I agree. It's kind of like there's... there's We can get a little bit too comfortable in this world now, but it's kind of like, yeah, that... that um, 
it is, I mean, time is just kind of a, a, a concept really. And I think that like, even when we have, when we feel emotions and we think about them, I, I, I even think that like thinking about emotion sometimes or, or the story around a certain emotion is like also just being caught in the past. And I have been listening to some like spirituality books and they, they talk about like trying not to really think about a certain emotion it's more about feeling it, like completely accepting it. Because I think, I think complete attention is complete acceptance. So I think when you have your attention completely in the now or like on an emotion, it's also completely like accepting it for like what it is. But then when you start to think about the emotion or say, for example, you got the anxiety or a heaviness in your chest and you're thinking about it and you're like, what is like, okay, what, what's been happening? What's been, what is this thing? Um, and I think now it's time bound again. Now you're caught up in the past or maybe it's a future thing or like you're depressed or something, right? Um, like focusing on that emotion wherever that pain might be but then thinking about it too much is like now you're running, now you're you're creating this story, you know, and I think being present sort of cuts the link between the emotion, the pain body and like and the, th- the thoughts about it, like your ego because I think your ego fuels the pain body. And then the pain body fuels the thoughts, the ego. And then it's just this fucking loop. And so I think being present, like, cuts that. Cuts it off. Yeah. So I think, like, completely accepting and feeling the emotion is an important practice because the more we think about it, I feel like you'll think you'll figure out an answer and then, like, your ego will be like, nah, nah, we got, we got, we got something else. This, yeah. What about this thing? I so, feel like I have a problem or I think I have a problem, I, f- I feel an emotion and being like an analytical mind, someone who's yeah. well into, you know, thinking and cognition, sure. I sure. start thinking about the emotion and then it just perpetuates itself. Yeah. And then you start feeling shit about the fact you're overthinking the problem. And I think we're all well aware of like how overthinking <laughs> yes. fucks you. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you like analytical in the sense of like doing the psychology degree as well? Is it more, I mean, do you have many like Eastern practices, you know, like Buddhism and, 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 I don't know, like meditation, like, or is it more like Western? Yeah, it's more, like, more yeah. Western and more like cog- CBT, like cognitive behavioral therapy, like being able to like identify like sort of causes, and it's really like antecedent, like th- this, like the, what caused me to feel this way, mm, and mm. then like de- so, I'm really like, you know, what caused me to feel this way, and identify that. I like to have awareness around why I'm feeling certain ways because sure. I don't like sitting with the uncertainty. I, it, I feel like it brings me comfort to know, okay, I'm feeling stressed, but well, look how many things I got going on in my life. Yeah, but um, am I detracting from that feeling by chasing the comfort in what it is? Mm. I don't know. It's mm. it's, it's there's a balance. Hey, there's also a balance too. Like I think that like those short term emotions, I guess that come up like. You, you know why you're feeling that certain thing. Like maybe, you know, maybe like you've just gone through a breakup. Like, of course, you're going to feel a certain way, you, you know. Um, but I think when it comes to if people like maybe dwell on that, like it's dwelling, dwelling on the past. And I think that's going to continue to like fuel that emotion. And so at a certain point, I think it's healthy to, yeah, like process them, know what happened and, and think about them and then like cut the link and kind of, Completely just accept what happened, accept the feelings, accept the present moment. And I think it would, so, I think it sort of brings a sense of peace as well. Um, like I know that I, I have felt that emotion or that, I guess, that pain in the past. And 
they would just be in a perpetuating loop of trying to figure out like what it is. Mm. Even like a lot of the stuff that we were talking about, it's like I I guess I know the answer, um, but also the more you think about it, the more it can just bring up different things yeah. and this experience and that experience and where I went wrong here or I didn't say that or I should have said this kind of thing. At a certain point, that, that's just going to keep fueling like the pain and you, you're stuck in the past. So being present, I think, is is very important. I guess that's a, kind of like my practice at the moment is to be as, as present as I can and make healthy choices and have have good conversations, you know? like Good conversations are yeah, so healthy. Yeah. Just like having this, like opening this space has been like, yeah, really great. And I think I was definitely in like a, yeah, a pretty uh, self-perpetuating or victim mindset for for so long, you know, and that 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 pain sort of seeps out and hurts other people, and you can you can fix that by like just having a conversation, you know, and like I don't hold anything against anyone anymore, and you know what, like this is kind of like like a really great starting point as well. Like, even coming in here and having this conversation with you boys, like, it's a great, it's, like, super healing. And it makes me just realize that, like, man, all the, all the I think, like, all the chasing and the success and the money and shit, like, doesn't, doesn't matter. And although there was things in the past that, like, I guess were hurtful or th- parts of me that I, that I didn't show, um, I've probably dwelled on that enough you know for a for a a long time that now it's kind of about like moving forward and forgiving yourself because i think like i don't know i think when you blame yourself for certain things you end up like blaming other people if you put the blame on yourself as well so you have to like bring that that sort of like love and the forgiveness back in and uh i guess what i'm i'm trying to do at the moment and um uh, you know, and just just keeping good people around, keeping like-minded individuals, people that will, you know, accept for you for who you are. Yeah, that's not to say that people in Perth don't, you know, because I never really showed that either. Yeah. So, but also it's like there's no need to be like there's no need to be like oh you know like I was saying there's no need to be like an actor. Like, a, you know, that's that's my persona. It's not. We're all human beings. So I think, like, at a certain point, like, I, you don't really need to know who you are. Just, like, sort of be who you are. I think it's okay not knowing. I think when you need to know who you are, it's like that's confusion. And then that can send you down a spiral. I think uh, being who you are is when, you're, when you be who you are, you, uh, you'll find out, I think. Because I don't know, the deepest core are all humans, and I think there's like a, I think there's like a, a, a like a universal truth when you just be who you are. Like there's there's just People like forget we're, it as well. It's, yeah, it's fucked. People forget that we're all humans. Absolutely, we're all like really fucking similar. We're kind of just like all the same here, um, and but yet so different. But yeah, <laughs> but yet so different as well. You know, and we do and we do different things. We have different views and we have different values and ideas and and like i love what you boys are doing with this 
and like there's a certain like aspect of like you got you guys got to do, go do your thing and run with that and like um surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you grow and Im- and improve like you got to put yourself around people that um are going to help you on your journey as you go mm. can't be drinking every weekend or four nights a week or clubbing all the time you know like oh, something I've had to learn yeah 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 exactly <laughs> you got to not make not make something of yourself but you've you've got to like do things for you be healthy and like have that purpose and fulfill just because we've got one life just touching on that like just with the going out thing i think people when you get into that sort of routine of oh it's sad day we're going out tonight they don't even think mm. why they're going out yeah um what are they that's when it becomes sort of unhealthy because they're just like going out for no reason yeah and, and they what void they are they to. feeling and I, th- I think that's something I've sort of learned. Like, I don't have to go out on a Saturday. Like, yeah. just because it's a Saturday, I don't have to go out. I can stay in and just enjoy my weekend. Like, wake up Sunday feeling fucking awesome. Yeah. Because you do feel shit after a big night, night of drinking feel, as well. I feel like shit I, Monday yeah, at work. Yeah, like, yeah. You still, still, you need that whole Sunday. It's still Monday. It's like, it's still there. I'm shocking at sleeping, so yeah. Yeah, I think that like also, if someone is a, I don't know, like a chronic going out person, it's kind of like, a form of escapism, maybe. Oh, they, yeah, like no, no, no. Just like trying to escape from their their life, really. Like they don't have enough fulfillment, I think. Yeah, in their they're life, and like, yeah, they just like live for the weekend, and then yeah, yeah. it sucks. It truly does. But I, just before I forget, so I started this TikTok account, and it was based around um, uncomfortability. But pretty uncomfortable, fucking doing that sort of stuff. You don't know what people are thinking. You you open yourself to fear of judgment. But what I want to say is, how do you like practice being uncomfortable? Is any any things that you do, um, as in like a certain practice or just it, it can be a daily thing. It can be it doesn't whatever it is to you that like gets you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I think like I think probably I would say that I would say that like working out has always been a big thing for me. I think that like pushing myself in the gym and getting uncomfortable that way. Um, helps kind of bleed into other areas and aspects of my life. Um, like just getting uncomfortable and, and going through pain and struggle in a workout, yeah. I think really teaches you about in life going, like it makes it a bit easier to handle. Oh, you get stronger. It doesn't really make it easy. It's like you know that you have the strength to bench press 100 kilos. So it's mm-hmm. like if I can do that, then like, fuck it, I can have a, like a, a hard conversation or I can like, I can pitch this thing at work or I can go out and, um, yeah. and, and make this movie or, or start this TikTok page. So you can put it into like a different perspective. Yeah, yeah. It kind of bleeds out into all areas. But I also think that like, this has also been very great, just having these like so, sort of uh, uh, conversations and, yeah. this, and telling this a story. 100% I yeah. agree with like, this is how you, you know, Get out of your comfort zone. Talk about this sort of thing. Yeah, because I'm not going to lie. On the way here, I was like, fuck, I'm terrified. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, you would I was, be. I was, Man, yeah. it's daunting. Yeah, on the way here, I was like, fuck, I'm going to go spill beans and tell my story. And who knows gonna, who's going to receive it well or not. But yeah, I was shitting myself. I was very nervous. Your story is your story. How people receive it's their problem. I've got to like, it's just, I think it's just my truth, you know? And mm. it's like, I can't really sugarcoat it or, or uh, you know... Sometimes you beat around the bush, but I, I yeah. try not to sugarcoat it or anything, and just like that—that's that's like what happened. Yep. Um. This is how the course of my life has gone, 
and it has brought me to like this moment, which is fucking cool. Like, yeah, there's been so many ups and downs, but like bringing it back to like telling the story on a on a podcast, and like you guys just, you know, it's pretty fresh too, pretty fresh podcast, and you guys are like keen and getting it up and running, and you got a new place. Like, it's cool to be a part of it as well. Like five um, years ago, if you told us when we were playing footy, yeah. That you, we you are going to be that? on a fucking podcast <laughs> together. I would have loved. Would have never. Nah, I don't think Cooping I would. on a podcast. Yeah. Shut up. Uh, what do you mean? Talking Get out about of here. Uh, embracing uncertainty as yeah. well. Like we, we would have laughed. We would have laughed at that yeah. shit now. But it's like it's a beautiful thing now. We, we, you know, we love it. And um, I don't know. What about you? Like, are you with a TikTok page? Is something that feels uncomfortable to do? Uh, the first one. Mm. Like fuck. Just putting yourself like one thing, getting on the podcast and speaking your mind, but another thing like filming, making videos, like you're just opening yourself up to the, like the fear of judgment. That it, I think that's why I love it because yeah. I'm training myself not to give a fuck. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think giving a fuck what other people think is it's almost like human instinct. Like it's very close to that. And then you got to train yourself. Um, well, it's mal- like it's, it's maladaptive. I think. Yeah, it's, I don't you know, know what that word means, Egan. <laughs> it doesn't really. It doesn't <laughs> I, don't, I don't either. <laughs> it doesn't. Serve. I was going to act like I did, but like, fuck it, I don't. I don't. It doesn't serve us well. Like, evolutionary speaking, like it was important to know like what people thought of us, like from a threat perspective, right? right? Mm. But it's not appropriate to have those defense mechanisms like in our society now. Like, not everyone's out to get us. Like, yeah. you know, we're not living in that world anymore. So it it is a skill, and it's a learnable skill. To, you know, to be able to think differently, we have we have these habitual ways of thinking and reacting to the world. But from what I've learned, is it's so changeable. It takes a lot of effort, but anyone can do it, and that's that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we it's like that primal brain, right? Too. It's like I think that when I talk about like you know the fear, because I, I, the fear of judgment and um yeah, the fear of like failure as well. I don't know. Maybe that's mm-hmm. all tied up into like our primal brain when we were hunter gatherers. I mean, we haven't really, our brain hasn't really changed much since then. So it's like, I, I think, Oh, actually, I've no, got has to, a lot. right. Right. But, has in, a lot, yeah. in, but in terms of like, in terms of like instinct and like the primal brain, yeah. do you think we still kind of like, that is the chimp paradox? Yeah. There's a massive book on it. That I've read about like, we've got this inner chimp in us. Yeah. That's like still craving the, I do you know, go, thi- <laughs> I, bet, I bet you do. <laughs> 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 See it tonight. <laughs> it still craves, it still craves all the things like trying to survive, trying to reproduce, trying to be alpha. Like all those, there isn't inner chimp in us that we all have. It's just managing that because I think some of it's actually can be really good that, you know, the ego, having a healthy ego is important. Mm. A lot of, mm. yeah. there's a lot of things like I don't have an ego, like, you know, like, what do you, what is that really teaching? Yeah, because you can't function in society without it, 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 without without having like conscious thought, yeah, right, or confidence it, in yourself. Like, yeah, it's just it's just having a healthy dose mm-hmm. of 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 ego. Yeah, and I think that like there is like embracing that fear of judgment as well. I mean, I I, I like to just kind of see it as like you're yeah, not giving a fuck, but also like, excuse me, you have like. I think like you have those two options like fear or love and it's like you could you could approach it with complete love like posting something on Instagram or TikTok or your story and being like I'm do- I'm doing this out of love like I'm doing this out of maybe love for myself 
and and love for my career and love for my growth yep. and love for other people that might relate to this. Mm, that's a massive one. Yeah. Or I can do it out of fear and not do it at all and like, or well, just be too scared to post it. I think a know? lot of us don't have that purpose that we talked about. So for me, whenever I'm having that uncertainty, which we spoke of, I fall back to my purpose. The why. You know, yeah, the why. And I think that's why it's so important that people try and find that within themselves because mm. we don't have a framework how to live life. There's yeah. no fucking textbook, you know, even as a parent, there's no textbook that says, this is how you raise a child. Like there's no, like Jack said, life is a test which you haven't studied for. So we all, we that. almost, we need, a, we, need a, we need to tutor ourselves. There's a bit more to it as well. Yeah. We, we need to tutor ourselves and that's why we need, but the thing is you get taught lessons in life, you're going to get this, you're going to get the test again. Mm. It's can you learn the lesson. Yeah. And grow from it and then, you know, nail it the next time. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what learning is, right? Learning is, you know, failing and then fail. learning from it. Yep. And and then and, you know, working on it. Or you just go to your pop and cheat and get all the answers from him. <laughs> or you or you do that. <laughs> or you do that. Maybe someone else helping you out. <laughs> but yeah. I think with this whole thing, everything we're doing. I don't want to get to eighty and be like I could have lived life a better, yeah. different way. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, I know it Does is. That a, it is people. It is a fucking bit, terrifying. It's, it's a bit. I, of, yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, sorry to interrupt. Um, to cut you off, ease, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I mean, like, yeah, some people go seventy five li- uh, seventy five years without even like truly living. I think there was like some Greek dead, Greek dead philosopher 80, buried it. No, buried it. No, dead at twenty, buried at eighty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they don't. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. Yeah. I think it was a little bit different what I saw, but basically like, yeah, it's saying, it's saying that, you know, like they don't really, people just don't live their life to the fullest. And we have like one life. Why waste it? I have, I mean, personally, to be honest, like I've definitely spent a lot of time, like not completely living. And I guess living out of like hesitation and and fear and maybe even a bit of confusion. But I think I've realized that like, I don't really need to know who I am. Like, I think the, the not knowing is okay. Um, but it's also like I've, I learned from mistakes as well. And I think in just embracing like who I am, uh, I think embracing who I am is like a really important thing for me and showing people like, it's not like me not showing who I was when I was younger. It's not like I'm a different person now. It's not like I'm like completely different person. It's more just like about, about like, I think acknowledging what happened in in the past and i think talking about that and also and then just moving past it i'm still i'm still me i'm still cooper but like i think it's about also not having the hesitation or the fear to like uh talk about my shit and talk about the work that i do and if i ever do you know yeah i mean just talk about that that world because it's really fascinating too it's actually very interesting and i don't know why there was so hes- so much hesitation for me but um it's there's yeah i've had some fucking cool experiences and there's been some like great stories and like you know really interesting things that i hear about like the industry and and like you know stories that people have have told me like it's a uh it's like a a fascinating world um but i think yeah it kind of just all comes back to um you know that that fear of fear of judgment well i was was just about to say to you imagine kuvan grudel gets to 80 years old and he let that fear of judgment stop him from pursuing acting. And you wouldn't have all these experiences you've had up to the age of 22. Yeah. yeah. And so you get to that 80 years old and you're like, fuck. This, like, let's just say it's like a, 
your eight year old looking over yourself now and you're like, fuck, this, all this shit would have never happened yeah. if I just didn't pursue acting because Jeremy said it's gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to. Really- I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> I agree, and that's like letting letting the, your past dictate you as well. Isn't that crazy? That like it can truly have a grip on you like that as well. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it's you know I don't really want to. I mean, it, it's it's crazy because I've I've had so much success yet. You can still like sort of dwell on those things, mm. you know, and and or just overall the fear of like the fear of like doing the thing. Um, but there was like I remember watching this podcast with um, uh, David Goggins. I think he was on Joe Rogan. Who's that? In, in da- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I, you know him though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who's going to carry the boats? Yeah. <laughs> what does he say? He's like doing a bench press, and he's like, "You don't know me, son." <laughs> <laughs> and you can do the fucking voice. Good yeah. that American yeah. accent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, that dude is like a you machine. Know, can we get an impression of Goggins? What's that? Can we get an impression? <laughs> Every day gone day, man. Like, you know, I was just <laughs> still with those boats, man. I just thought like <laughs> Unreal. get the fuck out of here. Nah. Anyways, he's talking about like the um this the uh when he gets to like the gates of heaven and it's kinda like the chart. Yeah, yeah. And he's like gets to the gates of he- heaven and he's like God's kind of like, well, this is like who you could could have been. And, you know, when he gets to the gates of heaven, he's still like super overweight and still doing like pest control and still in his hometown. And then like this, he's showing like, you know, like um, ultra marathon runner, went through hell week in Navy SEALs three times, motivational speaker. And he's like, says to God, like, who's that? And he's like, that's who you could have been. Man, and scary. Yeah. And it's like, but it's a great sort of example or analogy to think about, right? And it's like, don't wait till you get to that Don't point. Wait. Don't wait till you're 80 exactly. to go, oh, yep. fuck. Well, I think he said, like, he had a chart of who he was meant to be. Yes. Yeah. And then and then I think he, he lives by the thing. Like, he wants to get there and then to surprise that, the person who's up there, and he says, like, what the fuck? Like, I, yeah. we, you weren't meant to be this. You've fucking tenfolded this, like, outwork uh, the chart. Right, so right. Says, outwork the chart. It's insane. Like, and, and you can see really see that in his mentality as well. Like you can see he, he absolutely lives that out. Like, he's so principled. I think to a certain degree, like, it's a little bit... Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little you bit... You have to be David Goggins. Yeah, like, yeah, it's a little hectic. Um, but, like, I think the idea of, like, yeah, just in, in, like not him having, like, this undeniable... Um, like, he still gets scared and afraid, but he just does it anyways. Like, he was talking about on a Huberman, Andrew Huberman podcast, like, they were doing these tests and... They had him come in, and I think they were doing some sort of like re- fear receptive, receptive test, like you know. Yeah, I've read this year, going. Yeah, 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 and like David Goggins came in, and it, it like there was like a simulation, and it was like you're swimming with sharks or something like that. And it was just a simulation. There was like there was three different things that he could do, and he was just like, "Give me the scariest one. Like, let, like yeah. let me pick the scariest one to do." And like Huberman was like, David Goggins, like he he's hacked it. Like he's hacked it. Like that's literally like what you got to do. It's like you just what's the scariest thing and, and pick that and run with it. Yeah, let's just go swim with sharks. Yeah, fuck it, I'd do it. <laughs> uh, never yeah. rot nest. Oh, take fuck. a boat out. <laughs> I think they tested his like amygdala response or like his fear response. There was something like extraordinary about him. I think he was able to maybe control his something around that more better than other people. I can't right. remember exactly what it was, but he had some skill. That he had taught his, his heart rate. 
No, I don't think it was heart rate, but it was. We'll have to find that out. But it, fuck, it was very impressive. Because I know, um, I know uh, the the guy. Oh, I can't remember his name now. From Free Solo, um, he he climbed uh, 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 yeah. uh, El Capitan in in uh, Yosemite National Park. Oh, what's his name? Alex. Alex. Honald. Alex Honnold. Yeah. Alex Honnold. Yeah. They test his brain and like the the amygdala. I think like yeah. the fear part of his brain like was super dull. Like it didn't actually really work that well or like wow. it was a lot lower than your average human being. And you could, I think that's why he's probably so addicted to like that adrenaline rush of climbing without ropes as well. Like free soloing. I mean, he did El Capitan. That's, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a good documentary. It's a well. great documentary. It's so good. But, um, yeah, I think, I think that's kind of like my thing now as well as I, I've actually really let, uh, I guess, my own, um, I guess, blame and shame like hold me back, and and I think there's nothing wrong with going after like what you want, expressing yourself authentically, you know, and like people are, people are gonna respect that, and I think that's like the most important thing. And I never really, I never really like wanted it, wanted it to. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of the boys in so long, and haven't had a conversation like this in a really long fucking time, and. That's all it like, really takes, you know? It's just like a level of understanding. Um, and I think understanding that I was probably really quite afraid of, like, that whole tall poppy syndrome too. And, like, you know, people are going to b- b- hate on me for forgetting about them. Like, I never forget about anybody. Like, I, I grew up with these you, you, you boys, you know? Like, I, I never forget those memories. I just think that, like, as you as you grow and get older and, like, there's a certain level of responsibility, I guess, that you got to take on if you are like working and yep. your time's limited. Yeah, yeah. And, you no, know, that's with everyone though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and you just like make it work, and you learn to understand one another. And I, and I think that like, you know, I'll never forget like memories that I made when I was younger and games of footy that we'd play or. Or like hyping up in a circle before going out for the fourth quarter, like you fucking, you know, like you're thirty points down, and we come back from that, and it's like, just all based off assumptions. Yeah. They just think that you think that they that you forgot about them. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, never. But like, never. If they just asked you, if they just like, because sometimes they put it all on the person who is up here, mm. or they put up there. Yeah, and put the responsibility on yourself. Message him. Message that person. Like. It doesn't always have to be, like, they didn't forget about you. Just outreach October. Like, fucking just do it. You can't lose. Message them. Yeah. And there's and there's definitely, like, so, yeah, there's definitely so much more that goes on than just, like, oh, you know, he's forgotten about you. There's, like, there's a lot of factors that. You're busy. That play, yeah, that play into it. But, like, it's not, a, like, it's not even that, too. I think it's just, like, you know, on the on a deeper level, level everything that we kind of spoke about as well, like, um, you know, I think I remember the first time that I went to LA for the first sort of like six months, I was like, damn, I, I like found quite like, I really found my stride, you know, like I kind of, LA can be a little bit of a place where like you, you can change a little bit. It's a little bit, I don't know. I don't know if I could live in LA full time, mm-hmm. but um, because it's a, it can be like a weird place. It's a little crazy. It's a little fucking crazy, but it's great. But I think like the f- but the first time I went there, I felt like I really sort of like found my stride, and I was like, oh, this is like who I'm meant to be. This is like who I was supposed to be, kind of thing. And I think there can be that 
yeah, that judgment of like, oh, or that assumption that I have forgotten about everybody. But it's like, now maybe I just, maybe I just like never really showed like who, who I was. And then when I was in LA, you, you find your stride, you find yeah. your step. And that could take time too. Like that yeah, takes, yeah. takes time for people. Some people might, uh, might only find, find their stride when they're like 30. But I guess like when I went to LA for the first time, I was like, oh shit. Like I was, I was very confident in my, in myself. And <clears throat> this was like before kind of um, even booking like a, a TV show. I think I was just like around people that were in the industry and doing the same thing. And I think that's the beautiful thing about having like that, that tribe too. Like you have a common goal that you're working towards. Um, but it's like, you never forget the people that you like you grew up with though. You know, you have those memories and it's kind of like, but life does get in the way and there's a certain there's a certain point where you do kind of got to be like, all right, I've got to do this for me and, and work on my career and my success, you know? So when you went to LA for the first time, was there almost like a fear of missing out on the other end? So like missing out on what the boys are doing, the group chat? For sure. And like them going to festivals together or 21st or whatever it might be. Oh, for sure. And you're missing out on these events. Yeah. But at the end of the day you're pursuing your dreams so like there's sacrifices that come with that that's just it it's like that's fucking hard yeah it's really hard mm. like it was but yeah they like they, I, was, I guess they just didn't think of it like yeah no nah, i mean that was like, difficult you know yeah, like it's not easy for you nah so. nah like seeing all oh, you guys like you know living living it up and stuff not to say that i wasn't living it up but um you know i was i was like i have this this dream is bigger than me mm. you know like when I when I found acting, I was eleven years old, and I didn't even really know what it was. But I remember watching a movie, and I just got this overwhelming sense of like almost like a burning passion that I've like got to do this thing. I was watching this animated film, and I was like, I got to whatever they're doing, I got to do that. And like, I just remembered searching up acting schools online. The first one that came up, I was there for six years, and I didn't even really I didn't even really know what it was when I was eleven. And I think that like. Not every day that sort of comes along either when you're like at ah, such a young age and you passion. get, yeah, it's just kind of like you don't even know what it is. It's like, that's like overcome you. And I think it's even bigger than me at this point. And, uh, but yeah, it, it was hard. You know, it's not all, it's not just like I was going there and now I'm like, you know, I'm like, like you're so having, much happier yeah, over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Nah, like there was some fucking hard moments. Like mm. LA was like a, a slog and like it was auditioning a lot and like a lot of rejection and, and living with like different people, which w- were great, but like living with people that um, they're not your friends. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Friends, yeah. Actually, like, yeah, it's like like so different to like the boys that I grew up with, you know. And I think that's also part of the journey is like, okay, you know, they, I didn't grow up with them, but they're also working on this this same goal, yeah, and going in the same direction. So we can sort of understand and confide in one another with that in that respect, um, but. Yeah, I would see you guys like posting stories and going to festies and and uh, at eighteen, I'm like, I just yeah, want to, I just want to yeah, fucking go look. to go to go to a club with the boys or go to a, a festival, you know? Like I couldn't do that in LA because it's 21 over there, so like I could go to bars and maybe have a few drinks. I was using like a fake ID, but <laughs> it's uh, but like getting into clubs were were, were difficult. That's and, why uh, listening out was so good. God, dude, <laughs> no, I hadn't been to a festival in like a while as well, and it was just was good let loose. And like even now, I think I I sort of 
I maintain the drinking. I don't drink like too much every, every now and then. But even now, like I'm back here and I like I, I want to go to a few festivals and like you know have fun and like let loose because I feel like I yeah, I missed out a little bit. Not that I regret it, but it's mm. like yeah, you can come back here and have some, enjoy the summertime. Summertime Great here is time oh Perth. mate, it's the best place to be in the world for summer. Is, is the end of the years is, is in Perth. Um, so yeah, I, and I think. Yeah, I definitely, when I was over there, it wasn't like, I'm forgetting about everybody. Yeah, I was like, I'd love to be, you know, back home. But I also loved being there as well because I was like, I felt a sense of purpose. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm finally living out the dream. Yeah, you're on the road. On the road. Don't know how it's going to turn out, but um, that's the whole thing about embracing, like, the uncertainty as well, is that, like, I didn't know how it was going to turn out flying back over there. For the, the one of us is lying audition. I had no idea. I was like, if I don't get this, I, d- I don't know what's going to happen. I'd, I'll probably just go broke again. But I couldn't really think about that. So no, I just had to think. Yeah, yeah. I just had to roll with it. So, um, do you ever think? Um, so when you think of Cooper Van Grudel, and same with you, when you think of Egan Brooks, do you ever like think? Oh, this is something I've been thinking about recently. So like, Jack, like I'm a confident guy. And then the more I tell myself that I'm confident, then I actually am confident. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just something you tell you. But if you say, I'm an anxious, um, awkward person, then when you have an encounter with a stranger, then you're going to be that, like, anxious, awkward person. Yeah. So whatever you t- the story that you tell yourself is the story that will often be, like, portrayed. They're going to pick up on that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that... Uh, yeah, the more the, like the power of thought is crazy. Oh. Like I truly do think that like manifestation can really. I mean, that's literally what you're doing. Like I think if you're thinking those thoughts and and like or I guess replaying scenarios or thinking about how something could go, like you'll manifest that in your life. Like it might not be that exact same situation, but like that feeling will probably come again as well. Yeah. So I think that like you're right. The power of thought is so important. I try and like I was saying at Eggs before. I was like we're just kind of talking about like the confidence that comes with work. Yeah, and it's like I was saying. I heard this guy say, "Like, competence leads to accomplishments, which which leads to confidence." Mm, and so I think that. I think that like the the more competent that you are, and I guess competent in thought too. Yeah, like the more competent that you are in thought, and then life as well. Like doing the swims every day, that's going to bring in a, comp- a feeling of accomplishment. Accomplishment, which is going to bring a feeling of confidence yep. like i'm sure on like a small scale like doing the swims every day you're like you're doing this i'm doing this for me every day you get up and do it it's like fuck yeah and then it brings a confidence yep. at least a little bit the dis- discipline yeah but i think it, it, it always like we talk about we harp on about it so much but it's the t- telling yourself you're going to do something and then going and doing it it's yep. putting acts of confidence uh, votes of confidence, confidence in yourself what was this what was the what's been like the scariest thing for you guys to do in the past month, let's say, or like the most uncertain thing. That's a fucking sick question. I'll let you go first, Eggs. Where you were like really scared or like very uncertain about a certain thing and you did it and you weren't worried about the outcome. Mine's probably just the first TikTok. Yeah. That's as simple as that. Like, had no idea how people would receive it. Like, why is this guy... Like, I can just imagine people's thoughts. Like, why is this guy making a TikTok? Like... Whatever, whatever, whatever they're thinking, but it was scary, and I didn't, like, Egan had to sh- quickly show me how to edit, because I also didn't know how to do that, and didn't know what to post, anything like that, but uh, I think I just post myself, like, 
my thoughts. I love what you're doing as well. Oh, cheers. Yeah, no, truly. It's like just embracing who you are and being you, you know? No, no, no everyone's going to fuck with that, but like yeah. at least you're doing it. I'm just trying to like, I'm very interested in people. I think that's something I've come to know since starting this. Um, so a bit of a passion for psychology, I guess. Um, but I want to like relate to people and see how, that's why I'm like putting the story questions on because I want to know, know how people, what people are thinking. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, try and make it easy for people to answer and then, I don't know, go from there. Do you get many um, many replies from the stories that you put up? Like what's the what's like the sort of demographic of people that oh, reply man. to that or just anyone, like all the... Well, everyone wants to, no one replies, but people just, if they yeah. see a poll... If it's yes, no, so that's why you make it easy for them, yes, no. However, the one that I um, did the other night where I like spoke, I forgot what I asked, what I asked. Oh, like so it, it was about like I think it was about like the Monday the Friday, right? No, no, no. Um, no it, I, it, when Monday comes, no, it's a different one. It was um, fear one, scared of. No, nah, so I was writing and I said, "What? Do, what are your? What do you do to um, just be be in your own thoughts? Like, what's your I'll thing that you do? Yeah. yeah, and I think I had like one or two replies. I think I one no, I had one reply in like the first ten minutes, but I could see like heaps of people viewing it, and I was thinking, okay, why? Like I know these people definitely, they'd have something to do. Like, there's definitely something they do: gymming, running, whatever it is. Mm, mm. But only one person replies. So I was thinking, I thought, there's got to be a reason that people don't like. They're either scared or whatever. So I put up another video. I was like, I was sort of calling him out. I said, fair enough if you don't want to interact. Like, I'm not fucking. You don't have to. But if you do watch this whole story and you relate to it, but then you don't interact with it, like, are you scared? Like, what's stopping you? Mm. And when I said that, then um, Woodsy, Woodsy replied. Yeah. And he actually said, when he first saw the story, he's like, like it's more of just like, oh, can't be fucked. Swipe off it. Then he saw the second story. He's like, fuck, you know what? I can't lose. Like, why wouldn't I just reply? Like, why, put, why wouldn't I put my thoughts out there? Yeah. So yeah. He, he did. He, he told me what he did. And then he was the one that I ended up posting. It was about um, he listened to music and then sometimes – those thoughts get a bit deeper. Mm. And then from him doing that and then me sharing his response, I think it had about 50 more people because I said, do you relate to this? Right. And 50 more people jumped on. There you so go. So how many people Takes one. actually wanted to yeah, jump yeah. onto? Like, but but yeah. they just didn't want to, they didn't want to be the first, first person to say, they yeah. want to get out of their comfort zone. So that's what I'm trying to do. I think that like and and for me I think personally like because I see him I'm like fuck yeah I'm like a little ninja watcher though you know? like <laughs> in, the, in the in the background yeah but I think I don't know maybe maybe for me it's kind of like oh, uh yeah I think it's that that thing of like oh you know there's probably other people that are replying to it so like oh you know I won't but I, read I will I will one. now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I and, will and I love it when it's like because sometimes it's people that I don't know too well and I fucking love that but I also love when like my best mates are replying because. It, it gets a bit like vulnerable. Like I have good yeah. chats with Ben Wensley about this about these topics, and you know you just get different perspectives, and it's it's fucking it's awesome. Do you find that it's um uh a little tricky sometimes having like those open or like just I guess feeling the openness from people, or maybe even like with guys our age in our community, um, is it easy to have open conversations or? Vulnerable conversations because there's a time and place for it as well. Like it can't be like all the time, you know. There is what, what a balance. I've, what I've actually found, and I don't know if you agree with this, but people actually find 
it easier to have vulnerable conversations with people they're not that close with. It's like we talked about the whole family thing. Being yeah. close, like, yeah, because yeah, Because they family, don't really know yeah. so they can they feel like they can just talk to them without a massive so sense of judgment. Yeah. So. Isn't that crazy, hey? Oh, they're like, the people closest to us, like, we don't want to. Oh, yeah, man, and they're the ones wanna, care the most. Yeah, yeah, we want to, like, uphold this. Well, it's because they accept who we are. Yeah. It's like, mm. we're scared that if we present a different version of ourselves that they won't accept that. I think I'm just it's forcing that upon them now. I just don't give a fuck. Like, you either fucking accept this yeah. or... Yeah. And it's like being that authentic, your authentic self too. Like, not really giving a fuck about what people think about what you do and the messages you want to put out there. Because the proof's in the pudding as well. It's just like you have one reply. Like, Woodsy is the one that, like, steps up and replies. And then you realize that, like, actually everybody wants to talk about these things. And also just, I think, accepting, like, when people don't want to talk about certain topics like that's okay like yeah, maybe yeah. they for don't sure. want to or they're not there it. or like it's hard for them to to do that but i think that there's like such healing in like conversation and and community and that i can like i have a, I have, a I have a mate that i met in like a, a whopper class um did like this six-week whopper course here in perth it was just like a beginner's um stage stage course and it was like it was really great I learned a lot of stuff met some met some cool people and anyways my mate, he's he's from his family's from Bali, and his dad's from uh, Belgium. Mum's Balinese in yeah, Indonesia, wow. yeah, Indonesian. And uh, but like he'll say that like the Balinese people like live in uh, it live in a village, um, and they live in like such tight communities. And it's like even like ex partners like get along, like they just make it work. There's just like such empathy and compassion and like understanding and forgiveness. That and I was like, I I love that. And he was telling me that sometimes in Perth, like, it's a little bit tricky to have like these understanding, empathetic, um, compassionate conversations. And I don't know if you guys have found that, but like, I've I've probably found that a little bit. Sometimes it is sort of hard to like have those deep conversations. And uh, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's difficult. People don't want to face face the music sometimes. Um, but I think like. That was just kind of interesting that, you know, you just you just work it out. Like, you work it out. Like, there's a certain level of empathy and forgiveness because that community is so strong. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but... Uh, uh, well, you can bring it back to eggs because eggs, yeah. eggs, you haven't replied and, yet. Yeah, the, what was your hard thing for the last month? Uncertain. Oh, I think for me, and we've sort of touched on these themes, it's the whole committing to this whole thing, like... Doing this is is full commitment. Yeah, look at it. Like I'm, just, it. There's, I'm at home before. It's like yeah. this is a full commitment. You're opening yourself up to fear, uh, to fear of judgment because people can, like, if you go all in on this, then they're like, oh, look how hard he's trying, and it's not even going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, fuck. At least I'm doing something. Yeah, but it's, it's <laughs> yeah, because because like hate never comes from above. Below you. Yeah, it always yeah. comes from from below. Mm. Yeah, and it's like they're probably not really doing anything. So yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's the whole. Yeah, commitment, commitment to yourself, and I guess if you never, if you never try, you'll never fail. But if you never try, you never know as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's the whole point. Whole point. So the so the most uncertain time for you, just like doing oh, committing felt, to this. I or? felt quite certain to be honest, but that's because yeah. I've trained myself to be like that. Yeah, and really commit and be really optimistic and like create mini rewards and mini goals. Like I'm, I'm. This is my thing. Like, I'm. That's why it's it's easy for me because I'm sort of becoming an expert in the whole 
mind and like how to do this because I'm making the hard times easier because I, I, I know how to do it. Yeah. That's what makes me passionate to help other people because it's like things that are hard are not as hard as you think. It's just we create these stories in our head yeah. that it is hard. Right. You're just your own psychologist, so it's yeah. easy. It, it, it's, it's a blessing. Eggs in the mirror in the morning. Yeah. It's a blessing and a curse. Who's going to carry the boat? <laughs> I am. You don't know me, son. <laughs> Have you ever uh, heard of um, Burn the Boats? I was talking to Eggs about No, this. no. Yeah, Cam was telling me about this. And I fucking love the, What's that? the theory. Uh, so pretty much back in the day... Um, this this country was like trying to invade another country, and they come. Very specific. Yeah, well, I, I don't know the. <laughs> I've searched up the exact story. This so happened a lot. In I think history. it's like Napoleon or something. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, the moral of the story is: so they came in boats, and this country was a powerful country that they were invading, and they found word that they've got way more numbers, way more everything. Like they're just way more powerful. And so everyone was like, all right, in the morning, we're all going to leave. We're getting on the boats. We're leaving. The leader, and I think it's Napoleon he said, but I don't know. The leader, when everyone was sleeping, burnt all the boats. So they gave him no other option, but they had to go fight. Really? Guess what? There you go. They, they won. won the fight. They won, yeah. When there's the option of like the plan B, you know? What did I say? Yeah. Commitment is the elimination of alternatives. Yeah. And when we fully commit to ourselves, great things happen. So what? I like, fucking love why, that. No wonder you got the role in... Yeah. Um, yeah. What's it called? One of us is lying because yeah. you just went. It's a full. It. It's a full commitment. Yeah. And it's I think that, like, even like I said, the feeling of accomplishment with the podcast and what you're doing, and like all in with that, I think that feels good. That gives you confidence oh, too, right? Nice. Like going all in in it and not having not having the option of like backing out. Mm. I think that, like, I guess, yeah, that's how I I, I felt when I went over. For that, that audition, I was kind of like, well, it's it's all or nothing. Mm. Like, it's like all in. Um, there's no plan B here. And I still want to try and operate from that that mindset too. Oh, like, it's like, good. Yeah, like no no plan B. Because like I feel like if you fight. have a plan B, how can you be fully invested in the plan? Exactly. I, I love that. I love the elimination of, of alternatives. Alternatives, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think it's a it's sim- all in. simple framework. I feel like. Simple's good. The more the more I'm learning about this space, the more I'm realizing just the power of simplifying everything. Mm-hmm. And we talked about the modern dating space versus like back in my pops era. And I think there's so much information out there mm. that we we need to sim- we need to find a way to simplify it because we need a, f- a framework saying to keep us accountable. Um, so I even think like you can simplify it as much as like the marshmallow experiment. All self-help books can be simplified to the marshmallow experiment. Mm. Have you heard that one? No, no. So they got these kids and they said, they put on a, they said you can have one marshmallow now oh. or you can have two later Yeah, in like an hour. Yeah. And so many of them just took the one now. They couldn't wait. Uh, so it's, it's the, and patience. there's so many studies that showed how they performed in that test was the biggest indicator for success later on mm. because it was like, Hard things now, easy things later. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's a delayed gr- gratification. Delayed gratification. Right? Yeah, so yeah. I think that's the one. Th- all these self help books are just spinning. Basically, like, well, can you do shit? Can you do hard shit without getting the reward? Yeah, yeah. Why exactly. are we overcomplicating? A lot of right. us know the thing we want to do. Yeah. In life, and we would we, we, we listen to people, we read books about it, we we create these frameworks, these visions, these goals. Like a lot of us know what we need to do. Yeah. So what, what's what's something like like with your 
I'm interested in that, like, with your psychology degree, because I feel like to some degree the work that I do is kind of like a little bit like that. You're kind of studying people or, like, you're just figuring out what their, like, motivations are because I think everyone has, like, an objective. Everyone has, like, a motivation. What is, like, what's the most, when you come in, like, or that you know of when people come in for, like, a – because you're not, like – having patience in yet, right? Like yeah. you're still still studying. But do you know what like the main reason why people come in for is? Like cuz I don't know, I'm just I'm like curious like when people oh, come when in people go to therapy yeah, or something yeah. like that. We, yeah. We have like, a good one. Like we think that um people let it like get too far on mm. and then like a psychologist is going to a psychologist is going to fix it like the problems. Mm. Whereas um if you like stop the problem early I think it's a last resort for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's going to fix all the problems. Like, how many people go to a therapist when they're feeling good? Right. I'll, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's always like a... It has that negative connotation attached to it, where yeah. it's like, you have a problem, you see them. It's not... You're feeling really good about yourself, like, see a, psych, um, see a psychologist, what can we do to keep you feeling this way? Mm. You know, it's re- it's really westernised, like, problem, solution... You know what fixed that problem? It doesn't need to happen anymore. It's like a medicate. It's like a whole medicating thing. I, I I don't know. I'm just sort of against that because it's not sustainable. The uh, medication. Yeah, and also just that way of thinking. Instead of like, I think the best way of life is is saying which can be consistent. Like anything I do now, like whether it's gym or podcast, like any th- commitment I make, I'm like, can I do this for the next eighty years? Yeah, yes. because yes. or else you're setting yourself Outlet. up for failure. Yeah. Yeah, it's like and and discipline is freedom, really. Like I, th- I think it truly is. I don't think like when you're not disciplined with the things that you're doing, or you don't have a, I guess, like a, a, a schedule or a timeline. Like you just keep pushing things off and delaying them, or like your schedule's kind of all out of whack, and so you actually feel like you don't really have any freedom because like you have so many things that you got to tick off, or or like do you know do you know what I mean? Like the, if paradox, dis- the paradox of choice, right? If you want something done, give it to a busy man, right? You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. they know how to get shit done. Right, right. Because I feel like... Yeah, it's funny. That's... Because... Someone could do nothing all day yeah. and have one task, yeah. two tasks, and they just, just struggle. Don't, you yeah, just don't get it done. Yeah. Give it to someone that's busy all day and they'll yeah. do it. I can understand those guys that, like, get up at, like, 4.30 a.m. I mean, that's, that's... That's, like... That's intense. But I can understand, like, the mindset behind, like, you know, someone like Jocko Willick, like, mm. Navy SEAL, um, leader every morning gets up at 4.30. But it's just so deeply ingrained in him now and that's why he can get shit done, you know? Well, he's getting ahead as well. Say again? He's getting ahead. Yeah, yeah, Everyone's exactly. sleeping while he's working. And that's a lot of like the mindset around those people that do that. That's what David Goggin said, says too. He's, it's, it he's is like, true. Like, yeah, everyone's sleeping while you're working. He's up at like, you know, 4, 4.30, getting like a 10-mile run in. I don't know about that. Well, no. it's, it's, I think the swim's enough, mate. <laughs> I wake up at five. Yeah. They spin it as many ways as they want, but at the core of it, it's the fact that they just do the thing. You know, they just do the thing. And they say, like, you know, Goggins has a thing, like, I'm doing the thing while other people, like, he uses motivation, like, other people are sleeping and whatever. But at the core of it, they're just doing the thing. And a lot of us can still do the thing. You don't need all these, like, fancy rituals. Like, a lot of us know what we want to do to mm. succeed. There's, if, whether it's just, Getting in the gym and being more healthy, eat, making better choices. We know what it is. We just, it's almost like there's such a, there is a big self help world now. And everyone knows like, oh, there's all this space we're in. 
a lot of us, are, like I said before, they're aware. Mm. Yeah, we have awareness, but I think we're we're. St- it's almost like we're trying to find an easy answer because there's so many answers. We're trying to find the easiest one mm. or make the hard things easy. But why don't we just accept that it's a, it's hard because it is hard? That's the price tag of growth. Yep. Is, you know, that's the difficulty. Like. Oh, some things are just fucking hard. I yeah. don't know why, how hard it is to accept. It's like, well, but it's like, it's a simple mindset though, but maybe people just don't like to do the hard thing any anymore. Because it's, it's difficult, right? Like you said, because it's hard. But I was I was telling yeah, Jack, it's like, easy, no one would do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> that's why like a, a good, like a good physique is, is like respectable yeah. because that's hard to do. Like that takes discipline and time. Yeah. And it's like, it's telling Jack, like that's my, I guess that's kind of, the uncomfortable thing that I try and do throughout the week, if I can get into the gym like two, three times a week, that keeps me like, e- like even keeled and like, I-, I guess somewhat like level level headed. Is that like knowing that I went to the gym and I pushed hard and I was uncomfortable in that time, and there's a certain level of pain and struggle in like doing a heavy bench press, you know, and that's kind of like I guess my tough thing that I that I like to do. Um, but I also think that like yeah. I mean, just having, I can't tell you boys like how, uh, like interesting that I kind of feel now just like talking through stuff, like having a conversation, just like, I think it's like, I didn't think that people would understand where I was coming from. You know, it's a fear of like people not like understanding, yes. uh, because it was like, you know, I have like, I've done some different shit, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think like. You know, I think just like the hard conversations are, uh, that could like heal so many relationships and like conflicts within companies and like, yeah, family and friends and stuff. And yeah, we're all also like not alone in that either. You know, like people do find it pretty rough. But maybe that's what makes it easy Mm. because no one does it. It's the easy thing to do. And it's like the sheep and shepherd. Like if most people are not having these conversations, doing the easy thing, then why should I? Yeah. But do you follow the crowd. Like, do you want to be like most people? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So do you want to be the shepherd or do you want to be the sheep? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like even, even, and I think also like sometimes, fuck boys, we're like two and a half. My God, I just saw the time Mate, there. Trust me. I this love this shit. Flies. Jesus. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I like, there's also how we're talking about like maybe that sleepy as- aspect in, in Perth, how it's like very chill and like lay back and stuff. And um, if you start to do something that's like against the grain, maybe, or like a little bit out of the ordinary, mm. um, or maybe it's just a perception that you have yourself. It's like when you s- maybe you start doing something out of the ordinary, you, you know, you kind of like, Oh, what are the people going to think about this? Or, um, you know, yeah, I guess going back to, I mean, we, we've spoken about it a lot. It's just like the fear of like what people may think or the perception that you do have a have of it. But I think not following the grain and just like going, walking your own path is like such a story. Like it's such a cool thing to do. Rewarding. It's rewarding. And I think that like the stuff that you guys are doing is amazing. It's fantastic. And, and, and to be in an industry with like podcasts too, it's like, it's a, Tough business too as well. But like you're, you've found your niche, you know, you're like you're doing your thing, you know, and I think that's... One day you might be able to say, I went on that Brooklyn Mode podcast. Oh, fucking I hope so. Thousand, <laughs> it'll, thousand it'll happen. Episodes in. It'll happen. I was episode I'll be looking 41. back, you'll be Joe Rogan level. Like, <laughs> hey, come on, please let me on. You're like, nah, mate, join the queue. <laughs> A whole list. 
Um, is there any questions that you want to ask? Like from the um, oh, I've fr- got so many. Are you, are you happy to answer anything? Sure. Anything? It's a lot of show questions, but I'll answer show stuff. Record? It's been going. Yeah, it's, yeah is that a record? Does it feel like it? No, no not at all. I, I kind of just. I think I looked at like fifty nine minutes, and I just looked, and it was like two thirty five. Okay. Well, um, maybe we'll do like rapid fire. Let's go. So, it, there's probably long stories, but um, condense it, condense it down. Yep. What do you miss most about one of us is lying? Oh, the people. I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like like they're just like great people to work with, you know. Um, uh, yeah, oh, I could just like make yeah. this story so long. Um, yeah, <laughs> short yeah, and sweet, short, short and sweet. sweet. <laughs> yeah, the, the work, the, the work crew. Yeah, they're they're a great bunch. If you could go back, what part of your life would you go back to, and why? Uh, the time when I had no money and was just hustling, in like when I was like auditioning in LA, like it was a really tough tough time, you know, like different world, different people, um, but. Like I said, I think I found my stride and I didn't really, I was like pretty broke too, but I think that was like the exciting thing was like, yeah, before all that, like the, the hustle. What's that saying about tough times create hard men? Hard, hard men, men create, create good e- good times, good times create weak, easy, weak men? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's a good saying. Yeah. Just don't know it. <laughs> you saying I'm weak now? No, no, no <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just, I'm just saying off. like hard times create hard yeah. men. Absolutely. Hard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Favorite Favorite role played? Oh, shit. I played when I was actually, oh, probably my favorite would be, I played this, uh, he was like a bogan kid. Uh, this The film school that I went to, we would make like these little short films. And I, I was like 15 or 16 and I played this like bogan city rat dude. <laughs> like I had the long fucking hair like down to here. Is that the one where I think I've seen? I've got like a, I got like a, uh, um, a cricket shirt on with VB on the back and I'm wearing thongs and like denim yeah. denim jeans. It was just like a short film that I did with um, my class and I was like this bogan that rode one of those uh, big handlebar yeah. bikes and uh, it's just like a piss take. It's kind of like similar to like maybe Chris Lilly stuff or like yeah. just dry, um, stereo stereotypical like Australian humour. It's stupid but yeah. it's also like it's it was just a fun shoot. I mean there's, there's a couple... But I would probably say that one. It's called Chardonnay's Life. Um, My character was Brucey. <laughs> like a lot of lot of compliments here. There's run them out. Um, Couple, not too many. Let me find one. <laughs> What's it like being so handsome and talented? Oh Jesus! Who said this? Uh, I bet it's one of the boys or something. Uh, it's some, <laughs> there's a lot of randoms. A lot of being so handsome. A lot of questions about season three. Oh, there's. I'll drop it now. There's no season, no season three. I think I think most most people most people have seen. Oh, we got we got yeah we got cancelled. Yeah, no season three. Uh, and that was surprising, wasn't it? It was actually. I remember speaking to like some of the the producers on the show, and they were just kind of like, "Nah, we saw it happen." Oh, really? Happening? Yeah, they were more they were more surprised about season two actually going than season because uh, they knew season three wasn't really going to go, but they were like actually surprised about season two going. Yeah, well, um, I thought we were going to get a season three, to be honest. Uh, but they just—I just don't think Peacock got enough views. Mm-hmm. was on like Netflix or something. Yeah, yeah. I think that was—I think there was talks of that, but it was just a little bit too saturated. So much stuff on Netflix. Oh, yeah. So much stuff on Netflix. But I mean, at least in America, because we're on international. But um, yeah. Uh, so no, no season three. Okay. Um, 
Interesting one. Ask him about the importance of love in his life. Oh, shit. I mean, I think I've spoken a little bit about that too, yeah. like love and fear. So I think, like, yeah, I mean, love is super important. I think the world probably needs a little bit more of it. I think with all these, like, wars and stuff going on in the world too, like, um, you see on the news all this, like, graphic stuff with wars happening and it's just kind of like, where is the love? Why is everyone fighting? Like, kids are... Young kids are dying, you know, places getting blown up. And um, so I think love is super important on a large scale like that. But also just like, I mean, I would see, I would see this as love. Like you guys opening a space for me to come and talk my stuff. I didn't think it would actually be like this, I guess like liberating, like just, I don't know, just getting it out and telling my story. Um, in a like just a raw way, authentic way. Um, so I would see that as love, you know. It's a small things, just like giving someone a hug mm-hmm. or like tell them you love them, which is really hard to do. You Man. know, it's like it's it's hard how, to say like I love you. How often do we tell our mates that we love them? Um, I mean, for me, I, here and there, probably not enough. Yeah, you know, right. love your coops. Yeah, love you too, Jack. <laughs> Truly, love you, Egan. Love you, Jack. Love your eggs. Love your coops. That's it. Right there. Look at that. Ooh. Yeah. How does that make you feel? It's nice, but, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, nice. yeah. It's a beautiful thing. That's love. So even like small things like that, like, yeah, bring the love in. Or even like an action. Making someone a coffee. Like I'm living with my, my brother's best mate in his house, and it's just kind of like sometimes I'll just like make him a coffee or I'll bring my brother a coffee. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, and, or I'll like just sweep the backyard a little bit. It's a bit dirty, so I'll just sweep the backyard, do it like an act of service. Um, so... Love is super important. I've definitely operated from, I guess, a place of, like, fear and even, like, hate. And, like, I think once you go through that, you realize that, like, what's the fucking point? Bring some love. Like, it's all good. Love I it. Think, yeah, yeah. Um, what about you, boys? What? The importance of love. Um, what, what is it to you? I think there's a lot of different types of love. Um got to love yourself. Yeah, there's, there's loving yourself. That too. But I think what you said earlier is before, like, the whole blame thing. So I feel like the way you see yourself can be the the, the way you end up seeing the world. Mm. So if you can learn to love yourself, you end up, like, finding love in the good things in other people. It just yeah. breeds the lens. positivity. 100%. It's the lens you look through. So I think love is sort of like a positive energy, mm-hmm. like... Um, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, it is. That's what I feel. It's infectious. Yeah. It's it's like, and I think like authenticity ties into that as well. Because I think when you're authentic to yourself, like you're, you, you're like, well, this is me. I love who I am. Yeah. That is authentic to me. Yep. And I think those two kind of tie into one another. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, love it, loving yourself as well. It doesn't matter. Like I think the accomplishments are really important. The confidence is important. But even if you haven't done those things, at least like love yourself. You know, we're all... We're all worthy. We're all human beings. So, like, at, at the at the most core level, it's like, oh, we're all, you know, we're all human. We're all from the same race, you know. We don't. There doesn't have to be too many labels or or divides. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that'd be the importance as well. What do, what do you reckon of love? It's probably one of the things that I sometimes struggle with. Uh, especially with like family, but friends are always like I'm pretty good with telling them that I love them. But it's always different situations, and 
Yeah, I'm just giving them reminders, but I don't know. It's in love with your actions. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you said before, like the doing, the service, rather than like, I don't know, words can only carry so much weight. Mm. You know what I mean? Like a lot of us say things, but like, and then we just end up doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. In a, in a I think, you, yeah, your words have to be in line with your actions. Mm. Yeah, and then it ma- like has some truth behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can say, yeah, you can you can just say things and say not actually things, yeah. act them out. Yeah, I mean, I think we all can struggle with that as well. That's why I think sometimes it's good to like keep things to yourself. Sometimes you know, like not always talk about. I mean, like I was saying with like goals, like goal setting and stuff. I think it's sometimes it's good to keep that to yourself because I think there's like a sense of of validation if you tell other people. Like if you if you have a certain goal to like you know put uh, on put on put on this amount of of muscle within a month, it's kind of like you know. And if, for example, if I was going to go tell you know my mates that or my brother that like oh I'm going to put on this amount of mus- muscle in a month, and they're like oh nice sick. I don't know. I just feel like it's like, oh, well. Some people were seeking for the external validation. Yeah. Validation, yeah. yeah. As opposed to like, do you actually want to be doing it? Or I think if you just keep it to yourself, it's between you and you. Um, but then again, it's also good to have people keep you accountable. So I also think yeah. it's good yeah, to it's, tell people yeah, about it's goals. It's, all yeah. about, it's, it's about the why. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, are there any, any, any more questions or? or uh, there's, there's one about how you got into acting. Yeah. Which we, I don't think I've. Like you said, it was around 11, but... Yeah, it was... Um, well, he, said, he said he was watching a movie. Yeah, it was fucking Coraline as well. You know that... Oh, that, really? Yeah, you know that creepy movie? Isn't that movie? one scary? It's yeah, creepy that's fucking scary. I don't know what I was doing watching that as 11. The mum... I want to be an actor. <laughs> <laughs> the mum's just like, Coraline, come here and let me sew buttons on your eyes. She turns into that, like spider character as well. Yeah, that's it's scary, super man. creepy. Especially as an 11-year-old. Yeah, it's so yeah. dark. It's such a dark film. What the fuck? Were clearly, you I was already <laughs> fucked. Up. Clearly, I was already fucked up. You did want to be that bad guy, hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. You wouldn't That's have been what that I mean. Mom. That's what I mean. There's, there's always a little part of yourself that like people will see. I mean, like casting directors and stuff, and directors are good at that. They because they know how to read people. I mean, that, mm. that's what they do. So when actors come in, it's kind of like you, you. They're good at gauging people, and you can. I feel like you can come in and and like wow them, but like that they'll see through some things. It's like, like getting drafted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They can see the potential. That's mm. it. That's it. But they can also see like, I mean, like you're acting right. You're you're playing a character and doing a scene. But I think you can sort of get a gauge of someone. Uh, and you know how they relate to a certain character, like they 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 probably got a little bit of that in them as well. Um, but I was watching, yeah, I was, I was watching Coraline, and I was just kind of like, that's just very fascinated by that movie. And I was like, I want to do that. Whatever they're doing in that film, I want to do that. And so I searched it up on on Google Acting Schools in Perth. The first one that I that I found called Film Bites. I was there for about six years. Yeah. I think I took a break for like a few months when I was like fourteen or fifteen. And then I went back and. Um, and you never did it when my brother was there, did you? I don't think so. No. I don't think so. You must have just has 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 like when did how did he find it as well? Uh probably similar to you. I actually don't know how he got into acting. Funny enough, really? I don't. Not that I can remember. He's always been into his like art, so yeah, yeah. he loves um playing the piano and singing and like his drama sort of stuff. So he's yeah. He's over in Sydney right now, right? Yeah. So he's sort of he's sort of doing the burn the boats. He's no alternatives. I'm moving to Sydney. Good. Um, yeah, lives with his lives with his boyfriend, who like 
we're talking about like being with um like in a team or whatever and moving towards a certain goal. Like I feel like them two, they both have similar um like career paths. So is his um, boyfriend an actor? Uh, yeah, I think he's an actor, like model. They sort of do both, like acting together. Model. Yeah, I think I saw. I think I might have seen saw um saw his boyfriend on on his page as well. Yeah, um, seemed like a great fit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, nah, he's a good bloke. It's funny. He uh, he probably went here. So I can say it. Yeah. Like so, he's an actor and model, but he hates people taking pictures of him. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people do as well. Like it's a weird thing being in front of a camera. It's different though. I feel like it might be different to. Modeling to acting. Um, what's the fear? Has he has he told you like what it no, what it I, is? I, I've only met him twice, so like my brother would know. But yeah, he, he has a fear. Like I, whether it's he doesn't like the way he looks, I, I don't know. Yeah. But like genuinely, like he won't get photos like with my brother. Really? Yeah, with his face or some shit. I, I don't know the full story, so I can't comment too much on it. But. And also, like good on good on him for doing it, still doing it when he's afraid to do it. Yeah, insecurity. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But that's the whole thing we talk about. Like, you do the tough thing, you know? I think that, like, then there's a certain level of comfortability that starts coming with that. Uh, I think I, I think I, when I started, like, getting in front of a camera acting, like, it was weird, yeah? Mm. It was definitely strange. But then you just grow accustomed to it. And then, obviously, like... I guess with acting, you don't look at the camera, so you just kind of blur it out. Yeah, you yeah. just yeah. I mean, even if a camera's really close on my face or something, like I don't really notice it because um, you just learn not to not to look at it. But it's funny um, more people aren't actors these days with the amount of people that act. Mm. Well, that's a that's a good one, isn't it? Some people never stop acting their whole life. Yeah, yeah. They've always got a mask on, man, and that mask can become glue to your face if you wear it for so long. Yep. Yep. That's like, that's the danger of it too. I don't know if like, I don't know if you you found it with your, with your brother, and or other people that you do know, um, but I've I've definitely had it in myself or seen it in like Nate. Nate's the, being glued on you. Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's hard but, because you spend a lot of days being Nate. So how do you remove that The more you obsess with it, sometimes the better, I'm sure if you become so involved with this character, you can be a better actor. You can be a better actor, but then it's like, where's the line to detach from that role? Yeah. There's got to be, it's like a stepping out process for sure. I I tend, I, sometimes I do think that I'm like, Oh, I wonder if like, I wonder if I still kind of, I've had, I've been so tied to like the character that part, like, part of me is like me doing him you know like 
because I did a lot of, uh, I did quite a bit of extensive, like, I guess, work, character work on him. Mm. And it got like, I mean, it was very interesting, but it was kind of dark too, because um, he's like somewhat of a fucked up kid. Mm. Um, he's, he has you know, a lot of problems, doesn't he? A lot of problems, a lot of problems. And like when you're delving into that and you're doing like research on it and you're taking it seriously, I think maybe you can start to take on, like you take on those thoughts, like it's going to become, kind of become you a little bit. So like stepping away from that is, and stepping also away from that is hard too because you like you, you grasp onto this character and you sort of like maybe start to think it's you and that can also dictate and run your life. Um, but I also think it was just about like, yeah, also the idea of like being so tied into being an actor, you know, wearing that mask. And I think a lot of people, I don't know, maybe a lot of people wear a mask throughout their whole life. You know, it's all smiles. Even when I was in LA, it's like, it's a great place, but it's all like I don't know, smiles and happiness and like doing yoga and and it's like superficial. A little bit superficial. It's Is like, makeup a mask? Uh, yeah, yeah. I I could say I I maybe I'd say so. I mean, what do you in what in what context though? In you're putting you're putting yourself out there. Something that's not truly you. As in, wait, well, you mean your face? Your face? Yeah, yeah like putting something on, on your face. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I guess so too, right? To some degree. Like, what do you reckon? The, be, like, obviously, this is a female, th- uh, woman thing. Fuck. <laughs> well, some, some, huh? some dudes, some dudes wear it. Yeah, yeah some dudes wear it, that, and which is fine. I'm, but majority of the time, it's um, something that women do. Like, and obviously, we've got one here, so she might be able to help us, but. What do you reckon it'd be like if they just stopped wearing makeup like altogether, and just ev- no like makeup was just not a thing, like, and we just all saw each other for exactly how we. Well, uh, it's because it's physical that we label it, but people put people put makeup in a fucking psychological sense. Like we yeah, yeah, we, cra- yeah. we craft these characters. That we put on a facade of who we are. That's like there's almost psychological makeup. And oh. It's just the fact that Mate, it's tangible for, can't for women yeah. that we often, we know we, we say that, Yeah, but I think there's a lot worse things you can be doing as a person than putting a bit of makeup on. Like, yeah, but I just think it, yeah. I know what you mean. I know what your point is in terms of like, uh, is that truly you? Like, I feel like it'd be, it'd be very empowering. Very, it's different. It's a big rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. The rabbit hole for it when we haven't had a three hours already. <laughs> I mean, look, it's been a great chat. Should we? Yeah, yeah we're going yeah, to right. have to wrap it up. Wrap um, it up. Any concluding, <laughs> concluding thoughts? Um, I just want to say, love you boys. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I feel like there was, like, for me, there was, like, quite a bit of um, unmasking and vulnerability. And, man, I could keep going, you know. I could probably talk about this shit. There's probably so much other stuff that I, like, can, like, get off my chest as well. Once like, this all finishes and you go home, you're like, fuck, I could yeah. have said this, this, and this. That's it. it. But, but then you can't you can't dwell on that, though, at the same yeah. time, you know. Um, then you can have those conversations ab- with the people in your life. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think this is – so this has been a great – this has been a fantastic vehicle for that, I think, like, just starting it sort of here because it's been difficult, very difficult to have these conversations because – I think maybe I tend to think that like fuck it, my life has been so complicated. But it's like everyone has complicated lives, you know. Everyone goes through sh- through shit, and we're all similar in that sense. So, I think big love to you boys for having me on and opening up a space. And I do really f- know that this is going to go in a really great direction. 
no no plan B. Excuse me, burn the boats, you know. <laughs> fucking burn the boats. Burn the fucking boats. boats. All in. Can't All lose. In. You can't lose. You can't lose. And that's three hours in. Like, I didn't even realize that we had been talking for that long. That's Great. Joe Rogan's spec right there. <laughs> <laughs> One no, day. It's, been, it's been sick. Thanks for coming on. Definitely learn a lot. And I always feel like I also learn because I get to listen to the whole thing again, edit it, and I always learn so much more the second time. I can imagine picking up on different different elements as well that you might have missed or like forgot that you said. Yeah. Or like little golden nuggets of wisdom or information. You know a bit bit more about Cooper. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. That's it. Not an actor. Like just yeah. you know, me. That's what I'm trying to get back to, I think. That's like my humanization. Pur- yeah, my purpose at the moment is just like just not getting so tied up in all the bullshit, you know. Mm. All the the blame and the pain and and like being a an actor because I've been doing it for so long. It's just like, yeah, humanizing me and everybody else, you know, like don't have to put other people in the box either. So, um, yeah. And I, I can't wait to listen to it as well. I can't wait to see it when yeah. it comes out and the little clips that you guys <laughs> do too. Um, yeah, it's going to be sick. So thank you boys. Appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, Coop. Yeah. Thank you. Cheers, Coops. All love. Thank you so much for listening guys. I was so grateful to have Cooper onto the show and learn some important things from him. I love all of your support. Peace.